Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the December 2023 episode of We Podcast, and we know things, and it is a very special one, ladies and gentlemen, on top of a normal monthly episode, complete with your nerdy news, we are bringing you our eighth annual, crazy to say that, eighth annual We Pod Awards, where we talk about the best and worst of 2023 in the following categories, movies, TV, video games, anime, music, and stand-up comedy. I cannot wait, Sam. This is what I've been waiting for. The best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. I think I'm most excited always to see what the worst is 2023 because we, when we watch the worst, we usually don't tell each other what it is because we want to keep that in the back pocket. So I'm curious to see what you got up your sleeve. Yeah, you're going to know all three based on some feelings I've had throughout the year on the pod. Like I have been pretty open about it. I don't have any surprises. Where I have my surprises this year, ladies, germs, and Sam alike, is in the other stuff. I actually have a lot of things on my other list that surprised the shit out of me that I liked and little tease, little tiny tease. Greggy's going to be calling himself a hypocrite. You don't even know Uh-oh. it yet, but I am a massive hypocrite. Oh uh, yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. I'm a massive, massive hypocrite. I'm a dirty little cheat. And, uh, I feel, I feel terrible for something I'm going to say when we get to one of my favorite things of the year in a certain category, you're going to probably be taken aback. I was taken aback, but, there's your little tease. I mean, it's not going to have to wait too, too long because we're going to start there. We have our Wee Pod Awards. We're going to start the episode there. But don't you fret, ladies and germs. After that, we still have our episode. We're going to be talking about Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, Finally. Yeah, I know. The live action on Netflix, our impressions of it. And that's going to be if we don't cover it too much <clears throat> throughout our awards. I don't know Sam's choices. He doesn't know mine. So basically, if we cover our major thoughts when we get to that TV section, we'll do it there. If not, we'll talk about Yu Yu Hakusho uh, live action on Netflix in the TV section. I'm talking about Degrassi because I'm the host. I do what I want. Uh, (laughs) Twisted Metal, Blue Eyed Samurai and Uncle Fester. What a weird combo of things, but that'll be in the TV section. In the gaming section, Pokemon is getting something it's never gotten before, at least from a downloadable aspect, we have a recap of the game awards, some bad news at Naughty Dog, some bad news for E3, some bad news for Insomniac. So I'll tell you, Sony had a rough few weeks here, pal. Yeah, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, we we've we've recorded like three weeks ago, so it's not been too long since our last confession, but we still have a ton. <laughs> you like that? A ton of stuff to talk about. And in movies, uh, we do have a massive update to a story we talked about over the last few episodes with Jonathan Majors. I'm not going to spend too much time. I know in like the aftermath, because if you want our full thoughts on the Jonathan Majors saga, you can get that in our last episode. We talked at length. If he is convicted, what will happen, but now, or what should happen, but now we have some more clarity into his situation. So we'll cover that clarity for you. Make it even more clear. We'll highlight what we think, but at the end of the day, um, it's pretty major news for the MCU. And then I have to, because I would be remiss without it. I have to. Our friend Mike Cassini, he was on our 2021 WePod Awards show. Uh, He has been a a massive, massive part of our podcast. Uh, He's part of our community. He's right at the top of our community always vocal in the DMs and always giving us thoughts and opinions and um, looking forward to every episode. Well, yet again, 
for whatever reason, he decided to support us monetarily this year. And so the least I could do, Mike, is read out your lists of your favorite things of the year. So we'll end off the show with Mike's top three in a few different categories as well. So thanks again for helping keep the lights on here at We Podcast. We know things. We appreciate it. And we're happy to say we renewed and we're back for another year in 2024. Our freaking eighth full year. And it'll be our ninth We Pod Awards next year. Insane. All right, Sam, are you ready to hit your or the uh, the We Pod Awards? Or do you have a what you've been up to this month? You're muted. You're you're still muted. Dude, it mutes itself. It's <laughs> muting itself. That's two months in a row. Dude, I'm not even on this browser. I minimized it so it's like That's not- why it muted you. But why? Because it thinks you're not active on the thing. So it mutes you. I think that's a decent thing. There's probably a setting you can do, I bet. But I'm going to have to fool around with this. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our second month or second episode, I should say, with this new platform. We're still getting used to it. I will edit out a lot of that awkward pause. Don't worry about it. And I'm over here like making comments like, damn, he didn't. Hit it. I was like, God damn it. All right. (laughs) I got to keep checking this thing. Yeah. I, I was sitting here thinking like. He's just so ready and raring to go for this award show. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm talking to myself just like an idiot. Do you have a what you've been up to? Yeah. Hop into the awards. Let me jump in with what you've been up to real sure. quick. I have so, a very small one too. Finally, Reacher season two is out. Amazon dropped the first three episodes and I love all three. I, I, I told you it was it. Actually, I told Mike Cassini this. I was like, I almost have Reacher on my list of best TV. That's how strong these three episodes are yeah it's between the new cast and al richardson dude he, he's the man he reacher is batman without a cape Ooh, and it makes sense why his name right now is being rumored of wanting to be batman and blah 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 and he basically leaned into it i would love to be batman who wouldn't be that's i would say that's most kids dream robert patrick's the, the bad guy in this season and um, who was the other guy that uh, that popped in? Uh, Dominic Lombardozzi. Freaking love this guy. So I'm really itching to see where this season's heading. I'm already loving it. Three episodes in. And then I think they're going to release one episode every week from here on out. And there's eight episodes this season. Check that out on Amazon Prime. It's on my very, 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 very short list. Yeah. And yeah. you still have to watch the first season as well. Yes, yes, yes. The show in general on my yeah. very, very short list. So great show. Watch that on Amazon Prime. Um, I'm still watching For All Mankind this season. I'm li- I'm liking some of the story, and then the other, I'm I'm kind of like I'm battling. So it's a mixed bag for me, but I still think it's worth the watch. Thank you. Check that out on Apple yeah. Plus. Oh, j- before you keep going on, Shoot. somebody reached out, and I do want to uh, shout them out really quick. It has nothing to do with For All Mankind, but it does have something to do with something cool. Um, Mike G reached out. Uh, on Instagram, he is oh strange spaceman. Thank you, strange spaceman. He said uh, a couple weeks ago. He said, send us a DM. He said, okay, I fell in love with Hot Mulligan this year after hearing you talk about them for however long <laughs> on the podcast. So yeah. I just wanted to shout out strange spaceman and like any all you folks that take our recommendations and like the what you've been up to's and stuff. Thank you for doing that. And anytime you do, please reach out to us. Let us know what you think. Ah, oh, Mike's my boy. Always good to hear Hot Mulligan. Um, next one is Monarch. 
I think yeah. not episode... going to make my list this year, my friend. Not going to yeah, make it's, my it's, list. It's, it's, it's not on mine, but it's I, I got to say. It's very mediocre for me. Episode five stunk. It was my worst. Ease. I, t- I texted Milo. I was like, Greg, does the worst episode of the season so far. Yeah. I stopped episode... watching it because you said that. I haven't watched it in three weeks. Uh, okay. I will say episode six was an, a, a, such a better episode. It was the info. I texted you immediately. I said, yes, okay, they improved episode yes, six. Yes, you did. <laughs> So they kind of, you know, hey, every TV show, there's always that one week episode. It's okay. They, well, that's their one. And now hopefully they keep my attention for the remaining. I think there's three or four episodes left. But if you like Godzilla Monarch on Apple TV Plus, how about you, brother? What you been up to? Yeah, I kept mine very, very short. It's only been a couple of weeks, too. Um, I only have two things. Uh, the first one, Nintendo decided during the Game Awards, super weird. I mean, they usually do it on Thursday nights, so it made sense. But the same night as the Game Awards, without warning, they dropped 1080 snowboarding and Jet Force Gemini onto the Switch. Um, they dropped, I think, Harvest Moon 64 or something else, too. They dropped three N64 games at once. And so the entire Game Awards, I'm sitting there playing 1080. I've already beaten it 100%. Every race, Jesus. everything. It, was, it felt so good to get back into 1080. I've been itching. I played it on my Wii U back in like February or March for like literally a hot second. I played like... I was like Kensuke Kemachi for like two seconds. And then I was a Ricky Winterborn and I was done. This I went all the way through. Dion Blaster did the shit out of it. Loved it. Done 1080. Started Jet Force Gemini for the first time in like 20 years and realized that game was way far ahead of its time. I probably won't finish it uh, just for a couple other reasons I'll talk about when we get to games. Um, but like Jet Force Gemini from, I believe, Rare, like, Super underrated, way ahead of its time, N64 game. It's not for everybody, but it's a really good one. So those are the two. And then the thing that I watched on Max, a three-part documentary series. What's my favorite kind of documentary, everybody? Say it together on three. One, two, three. Food. Shit about cults. (laughs) I love cults. I don't know why, but cults fascinate me. Uh, I heard you, dickhead. Uh, (laughs) I I can't. Just make sure I'm not muted. Yeah, 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 you are. Uh, I love everything there is to love about cults. They fascinate me. Well, a new cult documentary on HP or on just Max. Sorry, they dropped the good part about the name. Uh, it might be Paramount Max soon. Um, it was called Love Has Won: The Cult of Mother God. Uh, have you ever heard of the cult Love Has Won? It's a long title. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just Love Has Won is like the... Okay. And no, the, I, the, I haven't even heard of it. The cult... Love Has Won, The Cult of Mother God is the name of the documentary. And the, it's a cult. It's like it borders the line of cult to not cult, but I very much think it is. It was super small. It's only 12 to 20 members all throughout its existence. And it was about a woman named Amy Carlson, who in her 30s, very famously, was managing a McDonald's. And all of a sudden just walked out and decided she is God. She was spoken to and she is God in female form and all of this. And she convinced the father God that she is mother God. And uh, she made her way up into the mountains of Colorado into a very small town, recruited a bunch of people through online and social media to join her, to be her disciples. She had many father gods as they often do. Um, it was in her big Mac. <laughs> right, right, exactly. The special sauce. And like, he, I, I will just say this without giving spoilers, because it's not a spoiler. In 2021, she was so sick and so thin and so everything. And she was being fed colloided silver 
which by the way, if you have too much, you shouldn't have any, but if you drink it, it will turn you blue. She died and turned blue and mummified in a bed wrapped in Christmas lights for like a year and a half, just in bed while the cult was still in the house doing shit. Mother God is withered away. She is gone up to the stars with Robin Williams, who was she the, went full avatar. She was and Robin Williams is the person who speaks to her to give her all of her not fucking fascinating look into that stuff. Wow. They have interviews with the members. They have all the archival footage. Love has one had a YouTube channel. Um, and still does. So like they pulled so much from YouTube, they do daily live streams. So there's so much real life footage. Um, she scolded one of her disciples cause he brought her meatballs and she wanted quote fucking chicken parm. So like it, it's incredibly fascinating three, I think like 50 minute to an hour long episodes. I couldn't look away. I binged it in one shot. Uh, love has won the cult of mother God. If you're interested in cults as I am, this is going to be right up your alley. So that's what we've been up to. Very short list. We recorded three weeks ago. What do you expect? Um, However, we're at that time. Our eighth annual We Pod Stinking Awards. Here's the order we're going to go in. We are going to go in movies, TV, video games, anime, music, albums, and stand-up comedy specials, and then we will go into our worst list, which is a combination of everything, top three worst. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Sam should know this by now. I didn't keep it to three. For years, we've kept it to three. I've decided I am the host. I will do what I want, when I want, and why I want. So I'm doing 10 Jesus Christ. of each. But remember, two years ago, I did 21. <laughs> I, I know. So for me to limit TV shows... When I watched, I got this for you. I did all the math for everybody out there. I watched 46 new TV shows this year. Insane. Yeah, for those of you who can't see, I can see Sammy shaking his head right now. Insane. I, I'm taking that down to 10. And that doesn't count Gen V, which I didn't finish. These are things I finished. So it'd probably be more okay. like 50, 51. So with that being said, our eighth annual WePod Awards, we're going to talk about our favorite things from 2023. Sam, hit me with your full list. Of your favorite movies for 2023. All right. Number three, I, I feel it came kind of early and, and I didn't expect to like this movie as much as I did, but I'm going with air. Number three. Remember, I do your list for you every year too in my head. Well, no, oh, he said, he said I nailed it already. <laughs> I am one for one in the right order. So air, I mean, I, I spoke so highly <laughs> of it on this podcast. I, mean, I don't, I don't think I, it could, it had to be on my list. Mm-hmm. Directed by Ben Affleck, basically telling how Michael Jordan got the shoe deal. The entire cast, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Jason Bateman, Marlon Waynes, Chris Tucker, Viola Davis. Everyone in it was fantastic. I agree. I, I, I feel like this movie got went under the radar. Um, it dropped on, was it Amazon? Amazon? Yeah. So it dropped on Amazon, and it also was in theaters. Mm-hmm. Its budget was 70 to 90 and made $90 million alone just from being on Amazon. So I, I thought that was pretty impressive. Yeah. Air check that movie out on Amazon. It it I was not expecting to like it as this good. Fantastic. I'm one, one. I'm one for one, baby. Oh, I'm, actually, my movie list. I think out of everything, this is what you're going to get. Everything else, eh, we'll see. Number two, John Wick four. Nope. Damn. I shit because I forgot to watch it. I forgot to think yeah. about it for you. Damn. It's it, Craig. I'm, I should have I, I, I still think about some of the action scenes they shot, and I don't know how they shot it. That's awesome. That's. Too. I mean, you gotta think. 
Keanu was like 60 years old when he went through all the training. I can't even imagine to have a fourth movie come out and still make over $440 million and possibly having a fifth movie in development. A spinoff ballerina is coming out next year. Yeah. I mean, Keanu had a, he's a resurgence. I mean, I saw him like any, someone asked Keanu, what was like one movie you would love to see him come back guys? And I was, I went replacements too. I would love that. It'd be awesome. Are you kidding me? I figured you would agree with me as well. I, mean, I, I forget what he went, what he, what he said, but I, I was like, oh, please say it. But he didn't say replacements. So I was pissed. I would love that but, to be sick. But to bring in Donnie Yen and my boy Hiroyuki Sonata, of course, Ian McShane was back and, and, and Scott Atkins and every martial artist you can imagine. I, I thought they, I don't know how you could just keep raising the bar and they did it. Yeah. So kudos to Chad Stolitsky for directing another action freaking masterpiece my number one no surprise i i gushed over this movie since i saw it thought does about it have number one in the title no oh my god then what am i missing oppenheimer yeah i thought that was your number two i thought mm -hmm. godzilla minus one would be your number one godzilla minus one is my number four okay okay that is my number four but oppenheimer dude this was one I, I tried to tell everyone, go see this in theaters. This one, dude, I, I don't know nothing about quantum physics. I don't know nothing about that shit. <laughs> but you know Killian Murphy. You know, Killian Murphy's my boy and Christopher Nolan we trust. Yeah. I mean, to have Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Robert Downey, Florence Pugh, Josh Hartnett, Casey Affleck, Rami Mel, Kenneth Branagh, every star is in this movie. And Killian Murphy and Robert Downey steal this movie. Yeah. They deserve Killian, give him the lead. Robert, give him the supporting actor to get my intent. And I remember when I saw this, I saw it early in the morning. I was tired as shit. I was like, I was nervous. Our freaking epic. And I was glued to the screen. I mean, I didn't even blink. Kudos to everyone involved in this movie. To, I mean, guys, right now it made nine hundred and fifty-four million dollars. Christopher Nolan just said two days ago, this is his most successful film ever. That's awesome. So to get a movie about an atomic bomb and to really take the world by storm between this and Barbie and it just kind of both, both moved well. One made over a billion. This one was so damn close. Yeah. Maybe after its re-release and Blu-ray release, I'm sure it might even trickle its way over a billion. But kudos to everyone. This one, Greg, watch this on your 85-incher and just get blown away. I, Killian Murphy just truly captivated me and I love the story and I cannot wait to see what Christopher Nolan does next. You ready for my 10? <laughs> Dive in, brother. I, I'll go quick for the non-top three. I will keep the sanctity of the top three, but I do have to to talk about 10 films. This also, year. I can't believe you you left Oppenheimer off my list. Shame on you. No, no. I had it as your number two. Oh, number two. Okay. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. I, had, I had you at Godzilla minus one, Oppenheimer. You just forgot John Wick. Got it. I forgot John Wick. And if I did, I would have put John Wick probably number one, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. So I saw 25 movies this year. I wish I could see 26, The Iron Claw. I have to give a shout out to the movie. I'm sure it would probably make my list if I saw it. It's out right now. It came out an hour and a half ago. Uh, so we just don't have the time to see it. But I'm sure, rest assured, man, it probably would make my list. Number 10, A Man Called Otto. This is like a movie I saw back in January or February. Uh, it's very, very, it's like a very Greg movie. Tom Hanks, he's a very crotchety old man. He, he lives in a homeowners association. A young Mexican family moves in, and he does not appreciate 
the noise, the this, the that, that they're bringing to their very quaint town. What you don't realize is that his wife passed away and he wants to commit suicide. So uh, the story is that this young Mexican family, as he meets them and uh, he, they kind of breathe a little bit of life into him um, and kind of rekindle his love of life. And I just thought it was a super touching movie. There was one really super hella awkward train scene. I talked about it on this pod. They tried to bring in like phone recordings and social media and like the virus. It didn't work for me. But other than that, a really engaging movie. And I cried at the end. So, you know, it was good. Number nine. Here's the first surprise of the night about my father. Sebastian Maniscalco and Robert De Niro. If you would have asked me where this would have ranked before I saw it, I've said, yeah, I'll probably make my worst list. I laughed my ass off. I enjoyed it. I don't know why. I went into it like, what's this meet the parents ripoff with, by the way, the same actor. What is going on here? And for whatever reason, it reminded me of how much like I used to love or should still do love Sebastian and his comedy, how much Robert De Niro still has it. And it was pretty funny, pretty engaging, and enough for it to make my list. I really enjoyed it about my father. Number eight, the Super Mario movie. Uh, I think it's that the Easter eggs were phenomenal. The visuals are 10 out of 10. It is definitely a child's plot. It is definitely not your, you know, your head scratcher of a movie if you're looking for a deep story. But the visuals are great. Sam and I saw it the night it came out. I said at that time, it probably won't make my list, and it technically didn't. It is number eight. He still has the popcorn bucket. Right, exactly. I still have it. It is just off camera. Uh, And so, yeah, I am very happy with what we got from Super Mario. Number seven, another video game movie, Tetris. My God. Uh, I thought it was going to be higher on your list because you raved about it. It's so good. Yeah, I don't have to go much more in depth. Of course, there are some creative liberties they took. Of course, they make it much more dramatic. But it's the story of how Tetris was birthed and taken from an idea in Russia and brought out to the world through the Game Boy. And uh, I just absolutely love it. Taron Edgerton uh, plays the main character who was not the creator of Tetris, but like the guy who founded it in the States. And I just thought it was really, 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 really good. Number six, a movie I have not talked about on this podcast yet. um, And a movie I don't think many of, if any of our listeners or have ever heard of before. It's called Flora and Son. I think you you did mention it. It's on Apple TV Plus. I said I probably mentioned that I wanted to see it at some point. Uh, It came out. Excuse me. um, Oh, gosh. July, August, September, somewhere around there. And it stars Eve Hewson and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Oren Kinlan. I don't know much about him, but it's an Irish film. Uh, It's a single mom. She hates her son. Her son hates her. They war, war, war in the house. Very little rules. There is no father figure. She wants to try to kindle a relationship with him through music. So she buys him a guitar. She takes online guitar lessons. Who's her teacher? Joseph Gordon Levitt, uh, who, by the way, sings in the film and plays all guitar. He is extremely talented, Show off. very good singer. Um, and then they, they kind of almost fall in love through the, through like the guitar lessons and via zoom, it's kind of a unique twist on like a love story. And I will say th- the best part about it is when you think they go one way, it's kept 
to the premise of the movie. They don't make it something that it's not. I thought that was a really well done execution for an ending and not just a schlock standard romance. It's more about the mother and son. And I appreciate that they kept that sanctity. Number five, Oppenheimer. I did watch it on my 85 inch TV. So you can imagine my surprise when Florence Pugh's boobies showed up. I was very taken aback by that. Not to get like Actually perverted. get upstairs. <laughs> Not to be perverted or or at all like weird. I just didn't expect that. So when that happened, I was like, uh Jumplin, Jumpling. <laughs> paging Dr. Whomever, Kavorkian. I don't know. Uh yeah, that was that was definitely taken aback. But Oppenheimer was fantastic in every sense of the word. It was not overhyped, even though everybody was hyping it up. I very much enjoyed it more than Barbie. Didn't Barbie will not make my list. Um, spoiler alert. Uh, I did see that in theaters, by the way. And so I just, I really loved Oppenheimer. I like to your point, it was see it on the biggest screen. You can try your best to pay attention, but you know me three hours. I'm not sitting in. Well, especially when you're, when you're home, it's different than when you have three hours at the movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can pause it. I can, I watched it. I did watch it all the way through. Um, I paused it like once or twice, but I didn't do it over multiple days. I did it in one clean sitting, which was nice. Uh, I just thought it was everything I wanted it to be and more very heavy into dialogue. I love the Albert Einstein stuff. And so, yeah, super good Oppenheimer number four. And I'm telling you a year from now, it could be number one. The more I watch it and the more I think about it, this movie is stuck with me more than almost any movie on my list. Um, The holdovers. I absolutely adored it. Paul Giamatti it is his absolute greatest role ever. Alexander Payne directed the movie. Paul Giamatti is a school teacher at a boarding school. Uh, and <clears throat> long story short, uh, the boarding school goes home for Christmas, except a couple of students, I think five or six students don't have anywhere to go. So they stay on campus. He is chosen as the teacher to stay with them to chaperone. However, he doesn't want to be there. He hates everything. He's a D bag. And then if you watch only murders in the building, one of the detectives, she is the cook. So she has to stay on campus as well. Um, Her son went to the school, was in the military, was killed. So she's recently, so she's trying to battle that being at the place where he was. It's a very conflicting thing for her and Paul Giamatti. It's very much a Scrooge story where Paul Giamatti over Christmas kind of turns, but doesn't. Is he a nice guy? Is he not going to be? And I thought it was a good, different way to, to tell that type of story. Loved every single second of the holdovers. Um, you won't expect the ending either. And it's a really good, what I've come to find out, a good Christmas movie. And in my research and Googling, a lot of other people do too. 82 on Metacritic, 8 out of 10 on IMDb. Cannot recommend it enough for number four. Number three, Godzilla minus one. So we're into the, we're into the big ones now. Godzilla minus one, without spoiling it. It's the best human story in any Godzilla ever, which then Probably leads the best Godzilla movie. Right. It leads credence to making the Godzilla stuff that much better and yep. making the overall product that much better because you know the Godzilla stuff's going to be great. And on a $15 million budget, it just shows what you can do when you use your money smartly and not just blow $200 million like us dumb Americans on some big budget thing that nobody liked. Anyway, you can make a smaller budget Godzilla movie that looks like it was made for 200 million, although it was made for one tenth of that. And it was so expertly done. But the whole time I'm watching, I'm thinking 
they made this on that budget and it just made it that much more impressive. So if you want a great human story, if you want great effects, a good ending and a wonderful Godzilla introduction, Godzilla minus one. Number two, did not expect to love this movie, knew I would like it. I didn't know I would absolutely effing love it. Blackberry. Uh, Again, I don't know what it was in 2023 with these biopics about real things or real devices, but it was literally that. It was the story of the of the BlackBerry, the rise and the fall of the world's first smartphone. Um, Jake Baruchel was uh, the, the main character. It's a very much Canadian movie, by the way. Um, Glenn Howerton, Matt Johnson, Kelly Vanderberg, fantastic, fantastic cast, hilarious, heartwarming engaging don't want to look away and you know how it ends the blackberry it's out of business it ain't around though it's the blockbuster of smartphones it ain't well there's one left of those so actually blockbuster outlasted the blackberry um but yeah super super fun which leads me to my number one it's air it was always air i saw it very early in the year if you didn't have air on here at your top 10 of like yeah failed (laughs) yeah uh it absolutely 100 percent like it feels like every year in either TV or movies, something from January or February sticks the whole year. Yep. Um, and I love that. Like it, it's a sin a couple years ago, Metro. Uh, I can't remember the other things, but I, I usually pull in something from January or Feb that just like set a standard. You'll find it in the TV section too. There's stuff that set a standard in the beginning of the year that the rest of the year yep. just didn't cross. And so everything Sam said about air plus one to that. That was our movie of the year section. So air for me and Oppenheimer for Sam. What about television though? Sam hit us with your best TV shows of 2023. And, and air was the only one I had on your list, by the way, because me and you spoke so highly of that, that movie. That Not surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Had to be there. All right. My, my number TV. Okay, dude, I, I left reacher off, even though I loved reacher so far. I, I have a feeling once this is done, I guarantee Reacher could be could be in the top three. Yeah. My number three, I'm going with The Last of Us. I have that on there as your number two. And that's the only similarity you and I are gonna have. I'm telling you now. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, could be, could be, yeah. Will be because um, yeah, because I don't think yeah, because I probably didn't watch any of the shows and I don't think yeah. you dug these as much as I did. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I think it was um obviously us playing video games, beating one and two. Um, and then this this show kind of took the, the world by storm. I mean, figure each episode had about 32 million views. Mm-hmm. That's kind of insane. Yep. Um, I, I mean, you, I'm pretty sure we watched every YouTube video. I listened to the podcast I'm with Craig Mason, Neil Druckmann, and Troy Baker. I'm sure you did as well. Mm-hmm. Just how much it sucked everyone in, and it made me and you go back and beat the game again. You have The Last of Us 2 Part 2 coming out again that we're going to wind up beating again or beating the DLC, whichever comes first. Um, it got signed for Season 2, which sadly we're not going to get till 2025. Nine episodes of television, which, yeah, it, it wasn't maybe, you know, we I wanted to see more infected. It was that a little was lost, yeah, and a little bit more the, infected, yeah. You know, again, that's come on. Like, I'm going to nitpick a show, but just <clears throat> sometimes I would just look at the screen and just kind of just smile between if it was the giraffes, if it was just for a conversation or a word, or just 
it, you just knew it was coming and some of the stuff they added and you know, the, the bill episode and yeah they they just they they kept hit they know where to hit you and kudos to um craig mason for bringing the show neil Druckmann and everyone involved and i just hope season two is is if it's half as good as <clears> season <throat> one i'll be happy just we, give me goddamn more infected that's all i ask we did and, a bonus go ahead and shiv somebody. <laughs> we, we we did a bonus episode of our thoughts on the show. So if you want to scroll back to February or Marchish, not that far of a scroll anymore these days. So go ahead back to that. And it's an hour and twenty minutes. I listened to it last week in preparation for tonight because we both have it on our list. We may both have it in the same spot. Who knows? But um we had very we our thoughts then are very much still my thoughts now. And based on what you just said. Also, very, very similar. Not enough infected, although we kind of knew that, but we want more. We theorized about part two. I had a very intriguing Tommy theory that I was like, what was that again? And then I listened to it. I was like, oh, shit. I forgot all yeah. about us thinking about yeah. that. Uh, so, yeah, recommend that bonus episode, by the way. It's really, really good. Okay. And my number two, I'm going with the bear. Didn't I make my list. I, I did something about this show is just so raw and I found out that they shot this season I think it was in 10 weeks wow something like dude it made me like it kind of blew my mind like how fast it was and I was like I knew they, they, they it felt like it was maybe rushed or maybe not as like as fine-tuned it was just more raw well they went and they went very like off the rails with the character driven episodes and especially in the and, beginning yeah, exp- like um, whether it was Honeydew, whether it was Fishes, whether it was Forks. Forks was the we- best episode of television I watched in 2023. Yeah, it, it, it really – it made you freaking love Richie already. Yep. He was, and the, th- was that, the best episode. That episode alone just kind of stands out. And I, it, when you when the show ends and you're think, still thinking about a certain episode or a certain scene – that's not that's, the finale, by the way. Exactly. And yeah. the finale is not, um, that's not the episode uh, nine, 10, when it's actually ten, called yeah. The Bear. Yeah. So, and we're talking Honeydew, which I like. I don't think you like that one. That was episode four. Episode four, where he's in Denmark yep. or whatever. I like yep. that one a lot. Yeah. I didn't like and Fishes like, as much as other people did. It was good on a second rewatch. I just didn't love it like other people did. Yeah. And you, you had Fishes with six and yeah. Forks with seven. So Forks they were my, my favorite episodes favorite. of the season. So then you saw th- still three more and it, they just had it. I, I love the entire cast, especially um, Ebon Moss he, as Richie. He's fantastic. Jeremy Allen White. He's always good. And I just it got signed for season three. I I look forward to see where they're going to go because the way it ended, um, it, it was the first night of this of the the new restaurant. So I'm interested to see where it's going. Hopefully, the same cast comes back, and I hope we see some old characters again because I I love the flashback scenes. And my number one. Again, I, I just love it when a show comes out of nowhere and you just blue eyed again. Samurai? I, I kept uh, I kept the anime. Oh separate. right, that's an anime. Damn it! You just told yes. me about the anime today, so I should have redone my list at that point. That's what I had yeah. for your number one. It, it, but it was until I made my own anime. It was on my list. Yeah. yeah. Um, but my number one is beef. Hell yeah! I, Hell yeah! I, it's in my top fit like thirteen, I'd say. But I'm I'm not going to go there tonight. Dude, I, I again, this one was like um, when I watched what was the uh, the one show, um, the killing show on Netflix, everyone dies, the game show, Squid, oh, Squid game. game, just a show that comes out of nowhere. Beef was the same thing. Oh, I, I, oh, I know Stephen Yoon. Oh, I know Ali Wong, the comedian. Yeah, I, and um, what's his name? Uh, Andrew Santino. He has a small role in it. 
That's it. That's all I knew. And I just, this freaking ride, this 10 episode of, of just two strangers and just all because of a road rage incident and how in everything Home unfolds. Parking lot. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I was just so transfixed in it. And I, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And how it ended up, I was like, oh, at the end, you could, you knew it was kind of coming at me like middle to the end. But yeah. I was just like, holy shit, they really sucked me in for 10. And I, I want more. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's going to, you know, it didn't get signed for season two yet. I did, um, Stephen Yoon, he just did a, um, a round, it was a round table, but it was just him and Pedro Pascal. And he was basically saying, you know, hey, we're talking, there's, there's words, but so it, it, at least that there's, they're in the conversation of hopefully coming back. But I thought Stephen Yoon, Ali Wong, they were fantastic. If you have Netflix, make sure you watch beef. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a show I'm probably going to like revisit because uh, I just I'm so busy watching show, 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 show. Oh, yeah. You only watch fucking 48 shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, but I think like that's a show that when I revisit it eventually and just kind of have some more time with it, it'll probably find its way even higher up the list. I would say it would make my if I was doing the 21 and 21 or 23 and 23, it would definitely be on there in the first half. It did not make my list. I'm doing 10. I'm just giving a quick shout out to an 11th is succession season four because I thought it was one of the few shows that ended uh, properly. And in this day and age, when a show is more than two seasons, a lot of times it falls right on its face at the end. So I just wanted to shout succession out for ending in a, a very proper manner and for shocking us all at a certain point through the season when nobody saw it coming. So one day I'll succession. watch that show. It's really, so I, I, really I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing. So I no. can't wait. I'm not going to give it to you. Uh, number 10, Platonic, Apple TV Plus, Seth Rogen, Rose Byrne. They are, <clears throat> they were really, really good friends. Again, platonically, um, never romantically involved. Something happens, a big riff. They don't talk for years. And it's the story of them trying to rekindle their friendship over an event that happens. And it's so funny. Um, and, and I just find myself like Apple TV Plus again just sprinkles its way in all throughout my list. Again, that streaming service continues to hook me. So if you're looking for a comedy, half hour episodes, super bingeable, easy to watch the whole season's out. It came out in May, um, platonic on Apple TV plus number nine. And I hope to never have it this slow again. Yellow jacket season two. Mm. Um, as much as it's my favorite show going besides for all mankind, I just have to say this season was very mediocre. It made yep. my list because they started to give us what we wanted. The 1996 timeline still kicks ass, but they fucking destroyed the adults this year. I was legitimately disappointed in the route that they went and with a certain character's fate that behind the scenes it wasn't working out, so they they removed them from the show and it was literally the worst way they could have ever done it. And it made no sense. And I'm very ticked off about it. And I continue to think that adult timeline has a lot to make up for. And if they know what's good for them based on how the 1996 timeline ends in season two with a giant event, they stick heavier on that timeline because they got to know that's what we want. Cause outside of Melanie Linsky and Christina Ricci ain't no one give a shit about the adults. I, I hope they didn't write themselves in a corner. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, for real. Just take a break from the adults. Make season three all about 96 and then sprinkle some Linsky and Ricci because they keep it going. So uh, I love it. 
It's still one of my favorite shows, probably my second favorite show going, but this season was very mediocre from an adult standpoint. Number eight, For All Mankind Season 4. It's only six or seven episodes in by the time we're doing this, so I can't give it a full review. I can't put it at the top of the list. I can't put it out of the list. I love the show. It's my, like I just said, it's my favorite show going right now. Um, and there's so much intrigue with the Margot storyline, and there's so much intrigue with Happy Valley and Helios, but Miles sucks. Miles, we knew he was going to suck, and he sucks, and the story sucks, and I hate it. So that's why uh, it's kind of down lower on the oh, list. Oh, and the dude going to Mars, I don't like that at all. Uh, Dev, that's stupid, but that's Dev, the little little awkward, a little weird. Yeah, how now all of a sudden like Kelly and her son is going to a little bit contrived, but the Margo stuff's so good, and yep. like what's Ed going to do now? So good, so definitely so interested. Good. And now we have Goldilocks, so good. They're finally doing something in space this season. Like where has space been? They're on fucking Mars. Can we do Mars stuff? Yeah. Um, and then the Danny Stevens wrap up was yeah. really satisfying. So I'm very happy there. Number what's that? 10, 8, 10, 9, 8, 7. You, you Haka show live action. Damn. Number seven. seven. I, watched, I watched it twice. <laughs> It wasn't going to make my list, and then I watched it original Japanese with uh, English sub. I still, dude, they dropped the ball not getting the English voice cast. I don't care what anyone says. They dropped the ball. I don't disagree, but I, I, they're, they're, who knows what that could have cost. Who knows whatever. But there's so much more story to tell, obviously. Very much like The Last of Us, I will admit, this was rushed to tell an entire two arcs combined. They, they meshed two arcs into one. And then told it in just five episodes. So while I believe it was rushed, I have to give it up to the choreography. The fight choreography was absolutely insane. The visuals are stunning. It's beautiful. It doesn't look cheap at all. The Tagoro brothers are incredibly, incredibly well executed and believable. Uh, Yusuke is phenomenal in the lead role. I loved him. Hie and Karama okay i can get I, there I, but kuwabara surprisingly great kuwabara surprisingly better than he when yeah. he is the worst out of the four you're yes. like huh i would what? agree with that 100 percent. and so yeah i mean like so, yo kudo yo we we were shitting on our boy and he kind of was way better we thought he delivered and so yeah i i <laughs> appreciate they even took the makai insects from season three kind of and like i think they called them the ringworm monster roundworm or something so like it's the Makai insect. Let's call it what it is. And so they even yeah. took things from three different arcs. I'm surprised we didn't see like one of the three Kings just somewhere in a background. So they could just say they did all four arcs at once. But uh, the way it ended, especially the mid credit scene very much lends itself to a season two. For me, they didn't want to commit uh, based on ratings. So they didn't want to show a certain character, but they very much put us in a way that man, we could see that come into fruition. So I'll save some more later on because it did not make your list. We will give our, our opinions later. Okay, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll just hold off like the TV section. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, back to this six. Dave season three. Uh, Fantastic. I talk, yep, talked Fantastic. about it before. It really redeemed itself. Now, Peanut is coming out, I think, in January um, yep. on Spotify and anywhere you can get your music. So Rachel the actual McAdams Dave had- record. Yep, the Rage McAdams song is out now. Yep. Yep. So it was hilarious. The story got back on track. It was more about Dave and the music and less about some existential journey into figuring out who you are as an artist. And I just thought everything about it was really, really good. Similar to my number five, Ted Lasso season three, 
another show that really redeemed itself and found itself after a really rough second season. Solid ending. Yeah, Ted Lasso's final season went out properly, and just like Succession, it didn't end with the greatest thing ever, but no show ever will, unless you're named Breaking Bad. Um, And so I was just very satisfied with the ending, very satisfied the way story wrapped up. Um, The Keeley and Roy stuff was actually a low point for me this season. I thought they didn't handle that quite right, but at the end of the day, all the storylines wrapped to me very nicely and it was hilarious again. And I feel really good. So another Apple show, number four, another Apple show. This was a limited series one season and we're done. Idris Elba hijack. Absolutely loved it. If you've never heard of hijack, he's a, yeah, he's a negotiator. Uh, and excuse me, he's a negotiator by trade. He boards a plane from think, I think, uh, Iran or Iraq, I can't remember, back to London, somewhere back to London. And uh, it's a seven-hour flight, and it gets hijacked by four or five um, hijackers for crazy reasons, crazy things unfold over its, I believe, six or seven. I want to say seven episodes. The ending was a little meh. Like, I won't say it was the greatest ending. And there is one storyline, like, throughout that I actively was saying to Ashley, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. Not because the story sucked but because it was the biggest convenience on planet freaking earth. No way this would ever happen in real life, but they didn't even make it happen. They kept it going. Other than that, though, phenomenal. Someone who's petrified of airplanes and who's had to get on eight of them in the last few months. Uh, I'm getting better. This show did not help that because <laughs> I watched right it back to the beginning right before I right before I boarded uh, my first one. But I did. I got on eight planes after I watched it. So I feel good about myself that I'm helping my my fear of airplanes. But anyway, hijack on Apple TV plus number three, the last of us for all those same reasons oh. you said, uh, don't need to expand more. There need more infected need it now. <laughs> and yep. please, for the love of God, give us more episodes. Cause it's, it was a little rushed. Number two, I have talked about this show a million times and I still loved it. And I watched it twice and it was amazing. It's probably better the second time. Amazon Prime Video, Daisy Jones and the Six. Um, my God, I love. I'm a sucker you for raved the. About, you raved about this. I did. I did. I'm a sucker for the music. I'm a sucker for, <clears throat> like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like any sort of musical film. You know, you think of my favorite movie of all time, That Thing You Do. My second favorite movie of all time, Drumline. <laughs> Hearts Beat Loud, and now something like this. Um, which is let's call it what it is very much in the vein of like Fleetwood Mac. Um, but <clears throat> Daisy Jones, a singer, uh, Billy Dunn, the lead singer of a, the Dunn brothers band, the they, find each, Billy they find each other and they become Daisy Jones and the six, a phenomenal band, uh, who through you, it, it's a will they won't they make it will they won't they fall in love won't will they won't they freaking kill each other um all throughout camilla marone who i believe is dating leo dicaprio um she is billy dunn's wife so daisy jones not his wife a little bit of a triangle there uh absolutely loved it and the music is incredible it would have made my album of the year um, on that list, but I felt it wasn't right because it was made for TV, not for an album, even though the album is released with an actual, it is an actual album that has dropped. 
Let Me Down Easy is one of the best songs of 2023. So Daisy Jones and the Six. What is it? I think it's eight episodes. Ten. Shit. Ten episodes. 8.1 on IMDb. Um, Solid. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. Amazon Prime. And number one should be no surprise to anyone who has ever listened to this show. It is, was, and maybe forever will be. It's shrinking uh, on Apple TV Plus. Jason Siegel, Jessica Williams, and the absolutely hilariously incredible Harrison Ford as Paul. His best role, maybe ever, but definitely in decades. He's the funniest part of the show. He holds it together. He is the glue. Jason Siegel is absolutely hilarious as Jimmy. He is a shrink whose wife passed away, and he needs a shrink. And he very much takes a different route to therapy for one of his new patients and it hijinks ensue it's absolutely stinking hilarious like laugh out loud spit your milk out funny um it is uh 11 episodes 10 because it was renewed for season two so 10 episodes all within 28 to 35 minutes you can knock it out in legitimately a day it's funny as shit it's the best show i watched all year one of the best shows i watched in years so of the 46 shows I finished, Shrinking back in January remains yep. at the top of the list. Yep. Your, your TV so far was you've raved about him on the podcast. So. Yeah, no surprises there. I think when we get to gaming, though, you might uh, you might uh, find some some surprises. So I'm going to do some games now. Um, yep. <clears throat> we're going to hit games for me. Sam's going to then take over and do anime. I'm going to take over and do albums. And then Sam is going to come back and do comedy specials. So Sam does not have games. Sam does not have albums. I do not have anime and I do not have comedy. So we'll do games. My game of the year list. And I'm going to tell you now. It was the best year in gaming. Yeah. Since at least 2017. Maybe since 2007 when Bioshock came out and Gears of War and all that other stuff. Um, This was just an absolute incredible year for gaming. So just want to make sure I only have 10. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I finished 17 games this year. And only one of them was on Xbox. And that was my number 10. Hi-Fi Rush. This game was shadow dropped during an Xbox developer direct back in May. It was hitting Game Pass the second it was announced. I knew I had to play it right before I uh, got rid of my Game Pass subscription. So it was literally the last thing I played before I canceled Game Pass. And the only Xbox game I played this year, I did not play Starfield. Even though I wanted to. I just didn't want to at the same time because I don't have that kind of time uh, based on some other things on this list. But Hi-Fi Rush, rhythm, stylish, cel-shaded, fun, funny, beautiful super solid Xbox exclusive Hi-Fi Rush. Number nine, Dead Space, the remake. I know Mike Cassini, very disappointed. I know he has it a lot higher. Spoiler alert. Um, but Damn. I didn't want to put it higher because it is a... a. Uh... It was shit, Mike. It was shit. <laughs> no, no, no. Not that it was a remake. You're going to find a remake very high on my list. That's not the reason. Um, oh, it's a little crash action? <laughs> it's because I... Dead Space is very much its own thing. It will never not be its own thing. It's a very contained story. It's very like suffocating. It's not very expansive. You're on a ship and you feel that by the end of it. So for me, the first three quarters is some of the best survival horror ever put on 
ever anything. The ending has always kind of irked me, and it did again in the remake. So that's why it fell down a little bit. Number eight, Metroid Prime Remastered. Wow, um, I, I expected this <clears throat> higher. No, Metroid Prime Remastered, one of my favorite games of all time. Oh. That's why it's not <clears throat> higher. I've played it. I've beaten it. <clears throat> this is just the definitive way to play it. Yeah. So there's not really much more to it. If you've never played Metroid Prime, it's only 40 bucks. It's not a full price game. This is your best opportunity on Switch. It's one of the best looking Switch games. And for some reason, they made it gorgeous. And they updated the controls to this year. They don't feel like GameCube controls. It's just a perfect game. So check that out. Number seven, Super Mario RPG. Another, re- this is a more of a remake than a remaster. Yeah. It's tough to remake a Super Nintendo game. Um, and they did. They pulled it off. And they added a ton of quality of life improvements. They added that easy mode. If you're looking for just like baby's first RPG, it's only like 12 hours long. So you can get through it very quickly. And it's just hilarious in every possible way. And it's a great RPG adventure, especially if you don't have the time to go through Final Fantasy or all the other massive, massive 100-hour experiences that came out over the last couple of years. Number six, Mortal Kombat 1. That's good to hear. I I thought it was my favorite Mortal Kombat story since Mortal Kombat 9, which if you're not counting, this is Mortal Kombat 12. um, And my second favorite story of all time in a fighting game. Uh, I, I was obsessed with this brand new world where Liu Kang is Raiden. He is the god. He's not the God of Thunder. He's the keeper of time. And Raiden is just a simple peasant working in a field with Kung Lao. And they Kung Lao doesn't have the, the blades on his hat. And they yes. just work in a, a yard. And then they get recruited. Um, then as they fight and, and learn to kind of uh, uh, represent Earthrealm, that's when all of a sudden Liu Kang or Kung Lao figures out that he can add the blade to his hat and Raiden gets an amulet that gives him lightning because he doesn't have lightning powers yet. It's a complete reversal on the story. Um, Sub-Zero and Scorpion are brothers. I like uh, I like that. I, I've, Sub-Zero being my favorite character, I like that. Yeah, and, and it's just like Reptile is a completely different character, but then they do something really nice without giving the spoilers away that they find a way pretty organically i would say to still bring it back to destiny will be destiny fate will be fate and you can only hide in a new universe for so long and i just thought it was really really well done it's like five or six hours long the story but then you get the actual rest of the fighting and the fatalities are as great as ever Omni-Man is phenomenal. Yeah, I saw I saw his fatalities. I he's, he's phenomenal. Yeah. I cannot wait for Peacemaker to come out. Yeah. It's, it's going to be so great to fight as John Cena. <laughs> it's going to be fun as hell to rip Reptile in half as John Cena's Peacemaker. Um, I just think the whole thing, the cameo system works well. <clears throat> my favorite fighter of all time. Do you know my favorite Mortal Kombat character is of all time? Cyrex. No, but great guess. Reptile. Um, Goro, technically, but let's not really count him as a fighter. Uh, reptile is my favorite of all time they finally do him right where they don't make him a fucking animal he's a human again nice thank nice. goodness he turns very quickly into an animal at some portions but he doesn't fight as a as a freaking and it's just like jesus god so he's a ninja again which is great nice uh nice. and goro is a cameo so i go with reptile as my main and goro is my cameo and it's just a really fun combination nice. and i just have a great time with mortal kombat one 
I remember earlier, Sam, how I said I'm going to be a hypocrite. Of course. My number five. Hogwarts Legacy. Oh, Jesus Christ. Here we go. I can't believe it. <laughs> Here we fucking Guys, he didn't even read the books. This is a, you're a big, fat phony. I cannot <laughs> believe it. I've, I've seen the movies now. But at, you didn't read the least, books. He's a phony. At least the first three I've seen. Um, yeah, I haven't seen movies four through eight. I've never read a page of the books. I Shame. don't know the lore. And the reason Shame. I'm a hypocrite. The reason I'm a hypocrite. That is the reason. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. No, that doesn't make me a hypocrite. The game has nothing to do with Harry Potter. Um it takes place a hundred years before Harry Potter, yeah. but the idea. reason I'm a hypocrite is because I came on this podcast and I still do think JK Rowling's a piece of shit. I don't want to confuse things. I said on this podcast, you will never hear me talk about this game. You heard me say, I'll never support it. You yeah, heard you me say, I yes. will never play it. You okay. heard me say, if I did, I'd puke in my mouth and shit on her grave. We want video. Get out of my. I mean, there is literal receipts. I said it on the show. I want vomit on your sweater already. Uh, if my mom made spaghetti, um, <laughs> but here's the th- here's the deal, guys. Black Friday happened. Okay, Black Friday happened. Papa saw it for thirty bucks, and I was like, <clears throat> you know, hasn't told me once that he bought it. Let me <laughs> just shame. give it a shot. Yeah, <laughs> let me just give it a shot. Uh, I bought it at the same time. I bought Mortal Kombat one. I bought them both for 70 bucks when they're both $70 games. How can you beat that? You know what I mean? Not with a stick. Can you beat that? And so I thought, all right, if I'm going to support, if she's going to get 10 cents from this purchase, it's better than giving her a dollar, like at full price. You know, I really, really wanted to. She actually made double on Black Friday. (laughs) Pissed about it. I I didn't want to support it, but then I put it in my PlayStation 5 and I, boy, did I need things to play on PlayStation 5 this year. Um, And... I got to tell you, the story from the beginning hooks you. You don't need to know shit about Harry Potter. It hooks you. Uh, I loved it. And the graphics are stunning, at least in the cutscenes. And How many hot. hours do you have? Hmm? How many hours do you have in? 22. That's not bad. No, it's not. I'm not even close. <clears throat> the main story takes 26. I'm probably only 60% of the way through. Like, I'm not. I'm, I'm very much taking my time yeah. in other places, but rushing through it because I, I know it's still high on your lease and you didn't even beat it yet. Yeah, yeah. I because I could tell. Like it's really it's that good so far. The only thing is combat. It so here's the deal. You ready, Sam? It's my favorite open world game since Ghost of Tsushima. Okay. It's my favorite open world game. I'm not counting legend. I'm not counting tears. But Ghost is still superior. Yeah, in every single possible way. I mean, Ghost is so the best open world know. PlayStation game I've played besides maybe spider-man one so uh i'm not counting tears of the kingdom because that's my second favorite game now of all time you can tell what my number one is going to be folks um hogwarts legacy is the most fun i've had on playstation probably since ghost in in an open world i mean (laughs) since ghost and uh it's fun to it's so fun to be around hogwarts it's fun to walk around that school it's fun to be in class it's fun to learn new spells it's fun to like the first wow. time you get a spell, Ashley to... must be so proud. <laughs> she's she's hyped that I'm like Levioso yeah. and uh, what else am I doing? I'm doing uh, Accio and Lumos and all these other spells. It's fun to like be already able to... Leviosa. It's it's fun. Different spell than Levioso I learned. So yeah, it's fun to be like in this universe and not feel like an asshole. But I am a hypocrite because I did say I'd never play it. Black sure. Friday one, ladies and gentlemen, and and 
Hogwarts Legacy is absolutely worth a play. And no, that does not make me a bigot. Fuck you, J.K. Rowling. Uh, my number four, also on PlayStation, Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man. I know it. You son of a bitch. What? I knew it was Spider-Man. Of course it is. I mean, fuck, dude. It was really, really good, but it was just, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And I think part of that is because I love number one so yeah. much that I, I think any sequel is going to be struggling to live up to that for me. I wanted two to be better, though. I and, and two is just, it's not as good as one. Nope. It's, nope. it's it's not, not as good as, um, and one was my game of the year in 2018. It's just not. Uh, they didn't do enough. And like for me, the side stuff is even more annoying than in yeah. one spray paint. <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah. That's the stuff that held it back for me was Come like on. whenever I took control of any other character besides Peter. And in some cases that includes miles. I was like, Jesus God, just get me fucking through this. Um, and I hate those arson missions too. Those fucking yep. battle in the same army, like God of War three different times. I don't want to battle Scream three different times. It's the same Correct. battle. I was yeah. over it. Yeah, I was way over it. Like, oh my God, I'm webbing out the fire again. Uh-huh-huh-huh. Oh, that's what I wanted to say about Hogwarts. The combat in Hogwarts, it's very samey. It's kind of mm-hmm. just one button. Um, I, mean, what, I figured some, it had to be, right? Yeah, it's just your wand over and over and over, but you do different things with your wand, but you're kind of just mashing R2. So if I have one That's major... R2, hit L1. Yeah, right, exactly. If I have one major criticism about Hogwarts, it is the uh, the old combat yeah. mechanics there. But <clears throat> anyway, Spidey, it's fun to swing around. It's fun to do this. It's fun to do that. It's just not as good as one, quite frankly. Yeah. Number three... <clears throat> excuse me. I'm not sick, but for some reason, I'm clearing my throat a lot tonight. Number three, soup. Mario Wonder. Uh, it's the best 2D Mario game since Super Mario World. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. Sure that's exactly what you said. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. I've, I just talked about it, I think, yeah. two pods ago, maybe. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't have much more to add. Um, I 100 it. it, beat every level, got every coin, did every badge, did every medal, and I don't regret it. And I did it all in under 20 hours. So um, please. Please, if you like platformers or Mario, please play Super Mario Wonder. Number two. And it was my number three until the DLC came out. Now it's my number two. Playing on PlayStation. Resident Evil 4. Mm. My, one of my favorite games of all time. Got better. It got better. The remake is better. I don't often say that. The remake is better. PS5 is awesome. It's so good. This remake is so good. And then they came out with separate ways. And the, the DLC is incredible. And I beat it in like six or seven hours. And to play as Ada Wong again and get back into that world. And like Leon is so good. And the Ashley stuff is so much better than it is in the original. And like the village fights phenomenal. The fucking cabin yeah. fight is so good in the remake. New Game Plus is a blast. I went through it three fucking times because i wanted to do the trophies and like just blasting through the rocket launcher on new game plus for the second time just like so much fucking fun i love everything about re4 and the remake is freaking better i don't know how many times i get to say that so i'm gonna wallow in that shit resident Evil 4 it's down to like 25 bucks right now on sale on playstation for the end of the year sale you need to pick it up it's that good number one legend of zelda tears of the kingdom surprises nobody nobody 
Uh, my big reveal tonight was Hogwarts. That's the one I've been waiting yeah, to talk to you about for a long time. You didn't say nothing. Not a word. Nothing. Not. Yeah. I didn't tell a soul I bought that game. Not even. He was nobody. ashamed. <laughs> Just my wife. Um, but yeah, man, Tears of the Kingdom. It's Breath of the Wild turned to eleven, and uh, I said this on X. I'm still calling it Twitter, but something I heard somebody say uh, in real life on a real podcast was. My game of the year is Spider-Man 2 because Legend of Zelda doesn't do enough different from Breath of the Wild. And I was like, brother, have you played Spider-Man 2? <laughs> Stupid. That's a what a dumb statement. What a dumb statement, dude. If you think Tears of the Kingdom doesn't do enough, you think Spider-Man 2 right. does? Spider-Man 2 is like the only game I've played all year, and it's like it's not even in the top three. <laughs> like I, it's funny because I was talking about our boy Machio, like game of the year, and me and him were like Boulder's Gate. Yeah. It, it's not even a chance. Yeah. And it won. Yeah, Spider-Man. Um it was fine, but yeah. Anyway, Tears of the Kingdom was everything I wanted it to be. I, I like it better than Breath of the Wild. The story is better. The Master Sword Quest alone, that final battle against Ganondorf alone. You take those two things, and it stamps that it's better than Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild had the worst bet final boss, had the worst ending. It sucked. Um, at least this tries to tell a story. At least this. Gives you literally three layers, two full Hyrules, and a sky of islands. My God, all on a switch. Like, how the hell they pulled that off? I'll never know. Um, it, it obviously doesn't have the same magic as Breath of the Wild because nothing can. That first moment when you go out of that cave in Breath of the Wild and you see the whole world and you say, Holy shit, I can go anywhere. You'll never get that again, but this is the closest it's ever come. The best game I played this year. It's the best Switch game I've ever played. It's the second best game I've ever played behind Bioshock. Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, 110 of the best freaking hours I've ever spent. Sam, your turn, my friend. Hit us with your anime of the year. Anime number three. I I definitely, I wanted to watch more anime. There's still more that I haven't watched, so... Bear with me. But on number three, I went with Trigun Stampede. Hell yeah, man. This was the uh, reimagined manga of Trigun. I mean, I, I the OG Trigun will always be the best. I, I don't think I, I don't think just growing up with that being the first thing that I've ever seen. And I, I, even though this was really good, I, I don't think nothing will ever touch the OG Trigun for me. But one of the best things they did was bring Johnny Young Bosch back as Fascist Stampede, which he voiced him. That was his first voiceover role ever he ever did. So it was awesome to see him come back. Um, again, this uh, this one, it was 12 episodes. It was maybe a little bit rushed because we got 26 in the old one. And they cut, they definitely crammed a lot of bit, changed a couple things. They added this guy, Roberto De Niro, which, yeah, Robert De Niro. <laughs> Um, not my know that. Yeah, <laughs> it's so not. Funny. It's not my favorite ad they did because they just they took out another character and just put him in here. That's my only gripe with it. Um, I just why would you put him in here? Why not have Millie Thompson? I I don't understand why. I I, I still don't understand it. But whatever they did that. Uh, move on. Move on with it. But uh, not you, you know. It took me a little bit to get used to the anime. I'm used to the hand drawn animation. Um, but this is just the way anime is going now. It's just technology is different. And I just got to either get with the times or I'm going to just be left behind. Um, but I, I really enjoyed these 12 episodes. Wolfwood was in it. 
you know, all the bad guys, most of the bad guys are from the first one. It got signed for season two. It's looking like we're going to see it early next year, I believe, the English dub. Mm-hmm. Um, I doubt after that, I'm pretty sure it's going to be done. That's going to be 24 episodes, and they're going to knock that out. But again, Trigun Stampede, I watched it on Crunchyroll. It was they had a promotion. It was like a free two months, and then it was, I think, $6 a month. But there's so much anime on Crunchyroll right now, so definitely check that out. Number two, I went with Jujutsu Kaisen. Wow. Yeah, this is a, a newer anime. Um, it, this didn't start until the first season aired in 2020 and season two took the aired. world by storm, by the way. It did. It, 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 it didn't it get a theatrical movie too. I did it get, the I movie? think it had it, a an anime film did come out in 2021. Yeah, I thought so. And it came stateside. I remember <laughs> that very much. Yeah. So. It, so that's the only thing I have yet to see. I didn't see the movie. I did finish season two, which was fantastic. I don't even want to say anything because there's spoilers all over the place. And I know I don't want to, in case someone didn't say it, I don't want to upset you, but um, I, I don't even know how this one got recommended. It was one of my manga buddies on IG. I forget who it was. It was it, it might have been Rui driving forward. He's like, man, you got to check out this one. And I was like, all right, I haven't been into an anime. And I watched the first episode. And the next thing I knew, I watched like the first 12 episodes. <laughs> I was like, what, was like, what just happened? <laughs> and uh, yeah. my boy, you know, whose uh, voice is uh, Sano, the hell is his name? Who who plays his uh, Doctor Cortex in the uh, Crash Bandicoot movies? I can't think of his name right now, but he voices Sano and Roni Kenshin, and he voices one of the bad guys in it. And that kind of got my interest Didn't to get he, into the show. I thought he died. No, the actor. No, he's still alive. Somebody from Crash Bandicoot's voice cast died. That was a uh, uh, Aku, the guy who played Aku. Oh, Aku Aku. Aku Aku. Yeah. So I, I, but yeah, it's a different actor. I can't think of his name. I don't know why. Oh, Lex Lang is his name. Lex Lang. So. That was, got me into it. I think there's another one that's on uh, Crunchyroll as well, but I was watching it. I, I had to wait for the English dub. I know a lot of people can watch it. English subtitles, you know, to eat your own. But check out Jujutsu Kaisen. It, it, I even bought the manga. Like, I, I loved it that much. So for a newer anime, I was shocked that it it, it beat Trigun because we all know Trigun's my OG Trigun's my literally. Your, I mean, time. it's literally your namesake. Yeah, my, my my IG handle is Stampede, which is Vash the Stampede. That's so people always ask, wonder, Vash the Stampede, Stampede. That's where I got my IG from. There you go. My number one, which should be no surprise to you, because I, I I shouted this out from the rooftops. I said it on IG. Blue Eye Samurai, my number one on Netflix. Completely came out of nowhere. I just saw everyone on Twitter just raving about this anime. Blue Eye Samurai. I was like, I was like, come on, like. When someone puts something like on this pedestal, like there's no way it's going to be that good. And nope, it knocked it out of the park. It was eight episodes. I watched all eight. I, th- I think I finished it in two days. I got I, believe- I didn't watch it yet, um, but I'm I was waiting till after this to cement. Like if it was your number one, I knew I was like, I'm going to have to mm-hmm. watch it. It's, I got a very Mulan vibe, um, but like. If Mulan was kick ass, you know yeah. I mean? yeah. uh, very much disguised, has to disguise the eyes, this, that, and the other, like wear glasses, all that, hide the fact, this, that, and the other. I'm loving the, I'm loving the premise so far. So I think it's something I'm going to be diving into too. Yeah. Because, you know, she's a, a mixed race and, yep. you know, she's kind of shunned upon. She's like the, uh, what, what do they call them in, uh, in Tokyo Drift? The guy, the Gaijin. Gaijin, 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 like you know, so it's like it's it's like so she's like that to everyone, but she's a badass, and her she whole quoted story... Tokyo Drift, ladies and gentlemen, of all movies <laughs> right. with Gaijin in it, he said, 
You know, Fast and, and Furious Tokyo Drift from 2006. It's gonna be that, that's source. where I go that's back to. That's my source material. <laughs> but but it, it made sense. You know exactly what I'm saying. But the, the, even the voice cast, the English voice, George Takai, Kenneth Branagh was in it. Uh, Mignel Wen was in Harry Shum Jr. So I, I knew a lot of people involved. It just got signed for season two. I I cannot recommend this. I mean, this is a hard R. This is definitely one not for the kiddos. There's blood. There's some... Uh, there's some nudity in here as well, and there's heads getting chopped off, all kinds of crazy. But for to get my attention for eight episodes, first episode I think was like an hour, and then it goes like, then like 44 minutes, 44, 35. So it goes down like kind of as it goes. But it hooked me, and I was in. Thank God it got found for season two. I'm always happy to jump into a new anime. So if you have Netflix, make sure you check out Blue Eye Samurai. I'm going to jump into music now. Sam does not have albums. I'll take those. I listened to 21 new albums this year. Um, And this was, which is kind of low for me, but I'm just not driving a lot. So I don't have time to do that. But I, uh, I do get to listen to music in the mornings during work. So um, I was able to check out a ton of new records. And this was the best year for music since we started the podcast. And I loved every second of it. Um, and I'll just say this. You know it's a really strong year when Post Malone drops an album and it doesn't make my cut. Um, as much as I wanted to, <clears throat> um, I very much wanted to put Austin on my list. Post Malone, just outside the top 10 for me. My number 10, Blink-182, one more time. And again, you know, strong it's, album. You know it's a strong list when their first album in over a decade-ish uh, with the original crew, with the original Blink lineup, and it doesn't make my top like three. It's the 10th. Um, I think it's a tale of two records. I've said this before. I think it gets very, very strong at a very certain point, but up until then, I don't think it's very good. Um, just quite frankly, I think their, their choice of singles have been a miss. I would not have chosen them as my singles. My favorite Blink-182 song of all time is Anthem Part 2. The Anthem name means so much to me, and when Anthem Part 3 hit, I thought it was one of the bigger disappointments on the record. So I'm not loving it. However, excuse me, when you get to um, right after edging, edging is where it cuts for me as a bad record. And then you don't know what you've got is when it turns into a really good record. And if you just gave me those eight or 10 songs at the back end of the record and said, hey, because remember the, the album's 19 songs. If you gave me that back half and said, here you go, dude, here's eight to 10 songs or whatever. I'd take that as the record and I'd say is even higher on the list. But because the first half of the record exists, um, that's what kind of keeps it at number 10 for me. Um, you can tell it's blink. You can also tell they're getting older there. This is one more time. Like this is it. Uh, and I will say the, the one thing I didn't love about this album throughout was the mixing. I don't think Tom, I don't think the audio is very clear. I think it's like, I don't think it's mixed incredibly well, but that's just my humble opinion. Who the hell am I? Um, number nine, the front bottoms. You are who you hang out with. <clears throat> their EPs miss almost every time. Their LPs hit every fucking time. I, I've never heard an LP from the front bottoms I didn't absolutely fall in love with. This is yet another example. The front bottoms was an insane example of a band I absolutely fucking despised, hated, didn't want anything to they, do with. They sunk life. And then all, they, they, but that's, I think, part of their charm. And I, I, I think what, I don't know what turned me around. I think, you know what it was? I was listening to something and then their record that's the most popular called Talent of the Hawk. It's 10 years old this year. It came on after and like, I didn't realize it. 
I think it was, and it was just on and these songs kept coming on and I kept like, holy shit, I'm into this. And then I would look and I'm like, oh my God, I'm six songs into the front bottoms and I'm loving it. And then I just kind of picked it up from there. But this record is so stinking good. Emotional is a great freaking, uh, great freaking intro song. And then I wish it was the last song, but Batman is one of the most raw, real songs you'll ever hear. And it is related to the superhero, but in a way you don't expect. If you want a song to like get into the front bottoms and understand what they're all about, listen to Batman, especially if you're a Batman fan, which I know, Sam, you are, but I know you will not be listening. How dare they? They suck. Sorry. (laughs) Number eight talked about him on the last podcast, Jack Kay's. Um, I don't often put EPs on uh, end of year lists, but it's that good. The caffeine EP. When my five-year-old says, daddy, can we listen to Jack Kay's? I want to hear the caffeine song and she can sing it word for word. You know, you got him hooked when you got the five-year-old audience. Um, but Jack Kay's, I've, I talked about him enough in the last pod. He is phenomenal. He's only like 25. I want to say uh, lives in DC. Um, so he's local to this area, the Northeast. So yeah, <clears throat> absolutely loved the caffeine EP. Another EP, Sub Radio, Past Selves. I have in our group chat even put their song 1990-something in mm. the group chat for everybody to listen to. That song is one of my favorite songs of the year, and it's the worst song on their EP. It's just a banger. It's called the S- Past Selves EP. If you want poppy, good, not pop punk, not emo, just pop rock is how I guess I would um, describe it. It's incredible. So yeah, super, super good. If you like the synths, if you like the catchy melodies, if you like a lot of electronic stuff, but it's not electronic, it's not <clears throat> dubstep. It's super good. Uh, what's that? 10, 9, 8, 7, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Number six. It was number three until like October. And that's how good of an end of the year this was. Fallout Boy. So much for Stardust. Wow. Yeah. My favorite Fallout Boy record since infinity on high with thanks for the memories and and all that, which I would consider the last uh, like old school fallout boy record. Um, The, like the fallout boy you and I fell in love with when we were kids. That's probably the last time fallout boy was ever going to be pop punk. This is almost a return to form on that. And I had said when COVID hit, I said on this show, we're about to hear some of the greatest music ever conceived because of the pandemic. People yeah. inside, people doing this, people doing that. Fall Out Boy, What a Time to Be Alive is the best quarantine song I've heard. And I absolutely stink and love it. And, uh, you know, we're going to live stream the apocalypse <laughs> is is a phenomenal line. Um, and what a time to be alive. What a time for Fall Out Boy. What a renaissance for Fall Out Boy, who then announced their guitar player was leaving right after the record came out. And then a few months later announced he was back. Then they're touring with hot Mulligan and they're coming to Baltimore and it's not sold out. And Jimmy world is on that tour. And it's like, Holy shit. Are you kidding me? It's an insane lineup. So excited for that. 2024 number five, Wolf and bear. The album is called blood letter. Wolf and bear is a Swan core band who are signed to will Swan of dance. Gavin dance fame, his record label, um, very much of like Hail the Sun and Dance Gavin Dance. If you like that super shreddy guitar in the background the whole time with dual singers, one screamer, and then one singer who's got fucking pipes. So it's very, very Dance Gavin Dance inspired. So much so that unfortunately, when their bass player Tim Farik passed away, 
Mm. I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. I apologize if it's not. This was his other side project. So he was in this band. And that's how I found out about him. And now they sound 100% different. I think they went away for a couple of years and then trying to refound their sound. They came back out with Blood Letter. And from a like Swan Corey Dance Gavin Dance perspective, it's one of the best albums I've heard in that genre in forever. Um, <clears throat> super good. Not quite as good as Dance Gavin Dance's stuff, but I mean, like whew, right up there. So wow. if you like Dance Gavin Dance, check out Wolf and Bear. The Screamer is not as good as John Mess. Not even close. He's actually kind of awkward, but it works. It works really well. And the singer is fucking incredible. He's got great pipes. So I yep, have Wolf and Bear. Number four, Bearings, the best part of being human. Sorry to hear that Fritzy's leaving the band or left the yep. band. Um, but this is a this was a definite callback to the bearings we loved. I yep. thought that their last record was good, not great. This one was great. Better. This one was better. Yep. And Slip, I think Slip is probably my top three favorite song of the year from any band. Um, I damn near like swelled up when I heard it for the first time because I was like, that's the bearings, yep. man. Yep. Catchy. That, Very catchy. Yeah. That yeah. reminded me of So Damn Wrong or Blue in the Dark, like the songs I freaking love from Bearings. This was just another one. So from top to bottom, it's a great pop punk emo record. If you want pop punk, if you want emo specifically, this is your shit. The boys from Ottawa delivered Bearings, the best part of being human. Number three, this shot up my list with every single listen it started off the list then found its way on and then kept climbing Beartooth brought it they brought it they've been around forever and they've always been good Beartooth is now great again <clears throat> Beartooth's new record the surface it came out in october i if you love hard if you love metal music with a like dancey melodic lead singer it's it's incredible from the mix of screaming to the mix of the way he like i don't know how to explain it like they'll do a little bit of an intro and then the music will stop and then he'll just go like hit him with the riff and then just drop this sick metal riff on you for 30 seconds before they go into it i love when a band doesn't just go chalk and they add little things like that into their songs like drop it or something like that like Let's go, okay. motherfuckers. And then the song starts. I love when bands do that, and they do it here. Now, you might not listen to Beartooth, Sam, but you know somebody in the band, which is the craziest part. They're signed to Red Bull Records. They've been around forever. But a couple years ago, they got a new guitarist. Who is that new guitarist, you might ask? Well, friend of the podcast, Will Dealey from Heavy Things, oh, one, wow. of my, one of my favorite bands. They opened for Hawthorne Heights. The lead singer of Heavy Things was recruited for Beartooth and is now their rhythm guitar player. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, so Will and I have been in contact. They come to Philly in January. Um, so definitely excited for that. Um, just wanted to tell them a couple times just like how sick the record is and wish them the best luck. Heavy Things just did a reunion show uh, one time only out in Ohio. Unfortunately, couldn't make it. But like Beartooth brought it. If you like that, the heaviness with the super melodic incredibly catchy hooks, incredibly catchy choruses, every single song. And like doubt me is probably my favorite song. There's just a part in doubt me where he says like the whole music stops and they're talking about like, uh, like 
he wants her to go away and it's just like the music stops. He just goes, how about a rope and a stone? And I'm like, fuck dude. Like that's hard. You know, he was singing that to somebody like go the fuck away. Um, yeah. Cause you can imagine what you do with a rope and a stone, but incredible, incredible record. Bear tooth, the surface number two, hot mulligan. Why would I watch? I've talked about it all year. No need yep. to keep going. It's, the best hot mulligan record ever from front to back. I listened to it this morning just to make sure it wasn't my number three. Yep. It is still my number two hot mulligan. Why would I watch? And number one, no shock, Sam, you know what it's going to be. It's Derry suburban legend. Don't need to go any further. It's the best band I've heard in. I don't fucking know. A really long time. I <laughs> uh, was supposed to see them on December 5th. Unfortunately, Austin had the flu, had to reschedule yeah. the show. So why you missed the starting line? You're like, I got this show. I don't want to double up. In the same yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And then you saw the starting line. I was like, I wish I would. And they were, and they were fantastic. I wish it would have been. Yes, brother. Um, but yeah, Derry, they rescheduled for June. So I got to wait six more months. All I got to say is if the starting line comes again, I'm telling you, Greg, they were they I've were seen fantastic. them 20 times. <laughs> but point I, is, see, that was only my second time. And they, they were yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Point, point is, man. Um, Dury is phenomenal. Suburban Legend is the best record of the year. It's my favorite record. I, I honestly don't have anything to compare it to. It's my favorite record, and as long as I can remember, it's yeah. that good. I've I've raved about it enough. I'm out on that. It's the best year for albums, and as long as I can remember since we started this podcast. But I'm very interested, Sam, for your top three comedy specials of the year. Yeah, I didn't see as many as I have. I, I was like, I saw the list of comedy specials released. Like, I still didn't even see the Kevin Hart and the uh, Chris Rock one they just released. I didn't see. I didn't see Shane Gillis's yet. Um, I believe it was was it Felipe Esparta, Shane Torres. They all just released specials. I just, I just haven't had time yet. But the ones I did see, real quick, just my number three. Again, I listen to all these guys on podcasts, so it, there's a reason why I guess I relate to their comedy or some of the shits like an inside joke from the podcast. My number three, I went with Burke Kreischer, Burke Kreischer's razzle dazzle. I just love his stupid, his stupid comedy. I get it. He laughs at a lot of his shit. People don't like that. I get it, but I, li I, I like it when a comic laughs at their shit. That's you know, and, John DeCrosta does it all the time. He's one well, of my favorite comics ever. John and Burt probably do it the most out of probably any two comedians. So Bert, you know, I listened to him, Two Bears, One Cave, him and Tom Segura. I, I think they're hilarious. So Razzle Dazzle, I, I thought that was it wasn't his best. Like the machine, I still think will always be. I don't I don't know how you top machine, but I think this is somewhere in the middle. My number two, I went with Andrew Santino, cheeseburger on Netflix. Um, he's a you know comedian, actor. He was on beef, he, he shows up in a couple, he's on Dave, he, he, a couple things he shows up in. But well, I, I listen to Bad Friends, him and Bobby Lee. It's just mm -hmm. it, that's one of the best pod, I, comedy podcasts. I think them two are one of the two of the funniest guys together. But his special cheeseburger it was the first. I think it was the first special I ever seen. Just just him. I I thought it was good. It was, it was different, a little different side of Andrew rather than just his goofiness with uh, Bobby. But I thought it was good. But my, num my number one should be a surprise. I've I've said it a few times already. Was Tom Segura's Sludgehammer. His Brad Pitt bit, I don't care. That had me rolling on the floor. Um, that was yeah, that was on Netflix. Again, two bears, one cave. Him and Bert, they always have different guest bears come in. Uh, right now, they're feuding with the Kelsey brothers. Like, but jokingly about yeah, their yeah. podcast, who's going to be the bigger bear? It's pretty funny, but um, yeah, Tom Segura's Sledgehammer. Yeah, you know what I mean. So check him out. There's a million specials on Netflix. Check him out. Yeah, Mike Birbiglia, the old man in the pool. 
For yep, sure. it's just dropped two as well. I didn't see For that one. Sure, my number one of the year is my favorite comedy special in a long time. So good. Twenty twenty three, kicked ass. Just overall, what a freaking well, we, year! And we had it. We had some ups and downs for twenty twenty three. Very few down. downs. I mean, we're about to talk about them, but like <laughs> we're jumping into all the downs right now. Right, yeah, we're about to hit some downs. But like, what a freaking year! And so, I just want to celebrate the look back that is twenty twenty three. I loved it. I'm thankful for a lot of the things that happened this year, both personally and professionally. It's a very hard year. Very, very fortunate to be in the space that I am now, back on my feet, and just to celebrate that with a great year for not only the podcast, which we went monthly, didn't lose a single listener. Um, so, like, and in a lot Love of ways, gained listeners. So, thank you to everybody for continuing that journey with us. But it wasn't perfect. Let's talk about our worst lists for 2023. This again, folks, if you're just listening to us for the first time for one of these award shows, it is a mix of everything. So it's our top or I should say bottom three combined for the year. Sam, hit us with your list for your worst of 2023. My number three is Creed three. <clears throat> I, wow. think this is, I think this is one of the besides Rocky five. This I is the worst Creed one. Two, so I was never going to watch Creed three. Yeah, so there too. you go. I'm I'm still baffled. Um, it has an 88 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Wild so to me, yeah. right there, Rotten Tomatoes. You mean shit? Like I, some of your some of your like you're Rotten good, Tomatoes but... is not a source of truth anymore. It's just not. No. with review bombing and things of that nature. It's just not, dude. The, the sto- I mean, you have him in this movie. Oh, I retire. Oh, my buddy who's older than me comes. Dude, they they just threw so much dumb shit at this shit. <laughs> I, I love I love your use of. Of Dude, fecal I, matter. I, like I, I'm, I have like my my hand my my hand in my head right now. Like it's the way he shot it. He, I get it. You, you're trying to make it anime. I, it, it didn't work, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just didn't. Your story stunk. Like you, you cut out. You, you mentioned Rocky one time over over like a, a over the fucking dinner table. You, you made it about you, and then your story. You kind of oh, I'm gonna retire young as shit, and then. My guy, who's oldest buddy, who's like five years older than me, is going to come in, blah, blah, blah. And then you're going to come out of a time. Dude, it, it was just so corny. There, Nothing, everything, the way everything happened, you weren't shocked by anything. Everything was just junk. Even, I wasn't even a fan of, what's his name, of majors in this movie. I just thought it was just rinse, wash, repeat crap. I mean, a sequel's already in development. It, it, I mean... It made it was, the, it was the what ninth Rocky movie in that universe it, in six, the series six Balboa five. three Creed and there's yeah, a Creed got, four right coming out yeah if that got greenlit I I was just disappointed I I just don't like you know and, and Stallone was very vocal about this film until they cut him out and um as long as what do you say Maybe that's why they as, only mentioned him once yeah over a, a stupid line or I I just. You know, his his daughter, storylines, girlfriend, whatever, whatever. But your whole retirement, come out of retirement, your boy. Then the way, like the way they just like, uh, they crammed everything in an hour and 50. I I just, it it was too much. It was shit. I'll never watch it again. Like Rocky five. I have no interest. Mm. Mm. Strong words. Another, my number two, another movie. Jonathan Majors is in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Wasp, Quantum Mania. Had that on your, I had that on your list, by the way. I, I, I had to. I was way too vocal about it. Let's see what this one has on Rotten Tomatoes because I don't even know. Forty six percent closer to w- the truth. But you're so you make this movie, then you're going to have your well, well you were going to have uh, an Avengers movie around Kang, 
but you have him losing to an ant and a wasp. And you had not the heroes. Uh, he means he means the literal animals. Yeah, dude, it, it was so bad. And then to have the look of I can't even think of his name right now. Modoc. Jesus, yeah, he was Christ. so bad. That, God, did just he the, look terrible. The effects on Modoc and to to bring him back as what the yellow jacket or whatever. It's like, oh, that's Modoc, and he looks like that. Not even close, dude. It's it, horrible. It's like to, somebody to, stretched out a flat face and just slapped yeah, it on in four twenty of some yeah. dumb shit. Yeah, and then you have oh, yeah. Bill Murray's character just absolutely pointless. And th- there, there's nothing. There. You don't care about nothing. I mean, if you at least had Ant Man die in this film, okay, maybe that would have helped it. But everyone's fine. Everyone's good, and. This big, big guy who could who's supposed to wipe out everyone and literally Ant-Man beats him in like a punching match at the end and then gets sucked into. Come on, man. Uh, like I, I just I walked out of that so disappointed. Like this is one of the worst MC movies to date. And, you know, it only made four hundred seventy six million on a two hundred plus budget. So I doubt we're going to get another Ant-Man. And now with everything with majors, we'll get to. But Kang ain't looking good. But my the worst one of the year, I didn't even mention it. I mean, you might have seen it because you know you, I know you and Ash are real Christmassy. But I saw this movie on Netflix called Best Christmas Ever. Did you hear of it? Uh, uh the one with Jason Biggs. Yes, we watched it last night. <laughs> that is Heather the Graham worst. and Brandy and. That is the worst piece of garbage I've ever seen in my entire life. It wasn't great. <laughs> Heather Graham in it, who I, I, I've had crushed on for years, but this supposed to be this little Christmas comedy. and Yo, Brandy cannot act. She was so stiff. It was so un- The acting was terrible between her storyline and her stupid hot air balloon. Greg, oh my God. And I, I somehow finished this movie, and it was only 81 minutes, and yeah. I... I laughed at how bad this movie was. I was like, this has to be the worst Christmas movie I've ever seen. I genuinely laughed once, but it was so bad I can't remember, and it was 24 hours ago. I, was, I did laugh once. It has a 42% around to it. I think I did laugh once because I do like Jason Biggs. Yeah, there was one thing the that whole, was said that I thought it was funny. But. The whole storyline and acting the, and... To even was, get to her house, brother, this is a GPS. When you plug it in, who cares if the kid put it in? It'll still say routing to and giving you the address. It'll say it out loud. How do you get so misrouted to your friend's abode? Give me a break. Yeah. I'm trying to get to my sisters. Do you not know how to work a GPS? This was the between the stupid family. I think he's cheating. Oh, no, dude, Greg, <laughs> this was the I, I'm telling you guys. Best Christmas ever on Netflix. Just watch it and then just message me on IG like, Sam, you're right. That was the worst Christmas movie I've ever seen. Jason it Biggs' guitar hard. work, though, pretty decent. Decent. That, okay, that probably the best part of the whole movie was his guitar. That's it. Other than that, the movie sucked. <laughs> he probably was holding up game. an acoustic without a strap or on his knee. I was like, all right, brother, that thing has got to be one of those WWF ones that's just like incredibly weak. Like, it's you just tap it over their head and it shatters. And shatter, Jeff Jarrett style. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't great. Terrible. It's, it's not going to be added to our, our annual list. Worst Christmas movie. It's worst Christmas ever instead of best. It was terrible. It's no holiday. I mean, let's yeah. call it what it is. Hol- I love holiday. <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure. I like holiday. Jack Black, my boy. Holiday with Emma Roberts. You hated oh, that one. Oh, that one, that one, that one. Yeah, you hated that one. <laughs> All right. My number three. <clears throat> uh, the caveat being, I wanted to for my number three. 
put on here the entire slate and state of superhero movies. <laughs> the entire MCU, the entire DCEU. However, and I kept off the Flash. However, I I'm surprised. However, it's not my number three. It won't be my number three for this particular reason. Let's be real. I don't care anymore. So I didn't want to put something on my list that was like a throwaway that I didn't care yeah. about. All three of these things I care about. So it's like, well, shit. So my real number three, here's another surprise for everybody. The entirety of Pokemon in 2023. The Cards state, included. The state of Pokemon in 2023 yep. from the one, the, the, what is it? Pokemon 151 decks to Detective Pikachu Returns, which was the second worst game I've played all year as a piece of shit. Couldn't finish it so bad. I know I'm not the target audience. Let's be real. I know that. Yeah. But it was horrible. Uh, Pokemon Sleep. Um, do, the, do you have to say anymore? The po- right. The Pokemon DLC Part 1, the Teal Mask, was mm-hmm. horrible. Um, the only reason in this was saved. Oh, uh, well, I'll get to it in a second. The only reason this was saved was, and not higher on the list, because DLC Part 2, the Indigo Disc, dropped, it's fucking awesome. It saves Scarlet and Violet. It's wow. sa- It single-handedly saves it. It's really, really, really good. It's the hardest. It has its own Elite Four. It's the hardest Elite Four since the old school games. It's wow. really fucking good. And they do double battles, and double battles are hard. And so it's like, wow, I was challenged. I lost one. Um, the story is pretty fun. The way you get legendaries is okay, if not a little questioned, and why they shiny locked them, I don't know. But the fact that they introduce for the first time ever, you can get every starter from every game now, which, of course, I already have every starter, all 70 of them. Yeah, of course. But I can fucking shiny hunt them now. And the state of shiny hunting is still great. Um, The Indigo Disc is by itself worth the price of the DLC. So I will say... Pokemon in 2023, and by the way, they got rid of the Ash anime. Ash is no longer the main character. I don't care anymore. So, like, 2023 was a bad year for Pokemon. Thank goodness for the Indigo Disc DLC. It's honestly incredible. It's an 8 out of 10. It's incredibly good. Um, So, that's the only reason it's not higher. That saved Pokemon this year. But other than that, it was a really rough year to be a Pokemon fan, and I'm not psyched about that. Um, hopefully 2024 brings us a new legends game or Unova remakes or something to get me back on track. Some maybe different fun side game, something we're getting something February 27th. It's Pokemon day. We're going to get a new game reveal. Just wonder what that'll be. And I truly hope it's Pokemon legends, whatever too. Cause that's still an incredible game. That's, uh, and the last thing I'll say on Pokemon this year is remember when they announced the, uh, the new paradox Pokemon and one was called raging bolt. And it was Raikou with the really long neck and the cloud. It's it's horrible. It's a horrible design when it's unclouded, when it's in its cloud, it's actually pretty cool. And in the game, it looks okay. But what they didn't tell you is there's also an Entei in the game, a prehistoric Entei. It's awesome. It's fucking awesome. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Why did Pokemon decide to market this Toys R Us draft thing? Over the cool Entate thing. What was our lead in marketing? Who who did who made that? Who that? Who dare? Who, who dare? 
made the decision to say, let's mm. save. They never talked about Entei. It's supposed to be a surprise in the game. But why are you trying to draw people in with the shitty Raikou thing instead of saying, yo, this badass yeah. prehistoric saber tooth Entei with yeah. the big th- Why wouldn't you give us that? Entei's one of my favorite legendaries of all time. And so, like, when I got my hands, I don't have Scarlet, so I don't have it yet. But, like, when I saw that thing, I was like, all right, I'm trading the bullshit future ones. All the future I know what I got to do. You got to look at this thing up. This prehistoric Entei thing to it. I think you might even like it. But I got to trade somebody for this thing. So, Pino, when you get this eventually, hit a brother up. I want the Entei real bad. Somebody, if you're listening to this and you have Scarlet and you want to trade your Entei and you want the, the future ones, let me know. I'll give them all to you for just Entei. I'll trade I'll trade four for one. I'll do it he right now. He looks a little goofy. But you, yeah, but long, you got to think of it. Arms. It's not Entei. What, are you sure you're looking at the right one? It says prehistoric Entei. Oh, okay. That looks a little cooler. The first one looked like he just had raging roar. He looks stupid. That's not his name. Yeah, prehistoric Entei looks like a Triceratops. No. Oh, he, does, he has a thing. The head, got head a yeah. thing. It's yeah, it. it's like gouging. I, I, I like it's called this. a gouging fire or something like that. Yeah, he looks okay. He looks okay. He looks better than any of the other yeah, future ones. Agreed. And all that. So yeah, uh, I don't know why they saved that. But Pokemon in twenty twenty three is my number three worst of the year. Okay, this one's gonna suck to say out loud. My number two, the Hulu Futurama revival. It wasn't that bad. Yes, it was. Get out of here. Yes, it was. It was that bad. Nah. It had two good episodes. I respectfully disagree. You don't respect my opinions. (laughs) I I respect them for Futurama. I I would say just alone of Cat Brown. I got my last out of Cat Brown to get alone. Alone, that already, my top three, I stand with it. My Futurama, I'm good. Yeah, I I actively um, didn't care for it. Shame. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I think the what's the face? The impossible stream started off pretty good. I thought that was nice. And then Zap gets canceled to your point. Um, that's probably my other favorite episode. I know what you did next Christmas or next Xmas was a fun little Christmas romp. Um, but everything else I left maybe less than the best Christmas ever. Uh, it was, it was just, it was truly, truly disappointing. I love Futurama dude. So like to not like it, to not be excited for the next episode that dropped, I will say this, Sam, I probably would have liked it better if they released it in the binge. Yeah, I can see that. Futurama is not a, Futurama is not a weekly wait. You don't wait to watch a 20 minute cartoon. So when I watched it, I, I always watched it in like three, four episode chunks. So maybe that's why I enjoyed it a little bit more instead yeah. of just one, 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 one. I did the one, one, one. And it's like it's over go. before it starts. It's kind of just there, like really quick. Go. So maybe I'll watch it again all at once. Hopefully not fall asleep like I did plenty of times this season. And I just thought it was disappointing. It's more disappointing than actively bad. It's just yeah, and I'm not going to sit here and pine for the yesteryear because it's been rebooted like six times. But. I think the thing that's holding out hope is we got two more seasons. We yep. got renewed. We have 20 more episodes. There's some light here at the end of the tunnel. Guys, just don't try to be so topical. I don't need another fucking pandemic episode. I don't need you to try to be hip to the groove. Just do what you do. Great. Tell a good story. You guys are in phenomenal storytellers to weave yeah. a good plot line <laughs> through the entire four original seasons was really solid. So they have it in them. Um, it doesn't need to be a laugh out loud, slap your knee show. It just needs to be a 
solidly funny with a great story. And I'm, yeah. I was missing that this season. It almost seemed like the episodes weren't connected like they used to be. So that's that. And number one, this actually shouldn't be a surprise for anybody. I came on the podcast, I think two episodes ago. I said, this was the biggest piece of shit I played in a long time, especially for like what it is. I love Sonic to hear Sonic superstars was such a bad, actively bad game. Mm. I hated it. The boss battles needlessly long, stupidly pointless and tiring, boring as sin. The, I understand branching paths in video games, but in a 2d game where you go left to right to have branching paths up, down and sideways, you feel like you're missing the level and like you're, you're mm. and so like, but it's not a game that really uh, lends itself to replayability or repeating itself. I thought it was pointless and I hated it. And then it gets needlessly stupid at the end. Sonic superstars. What a fucking disappointment, my friends. Um, I hated it <laughs> so very, very much. Hey. So that's the worst list for both of us. That was our Wii Pod Awards. I was hoping to knock it out in an under an hour 40. We did around an hour 45. Uh, I will take that. Not bad. But it is that time, Sam. We are going to go into the normal episode for everybody. Uh, remember, we do still have an episode to get through <laughs> we have some TV. We have some games. We have some movies. And then Mike Cassini's top of the year. So let's start where we've wanted to for years this is the first time we've gotten to talk about this i talked about it a little bit in my top three or 10 <laughs> 11 tv shows of the year yu yu haka shows live action is here we've both watched it uh, we will never have to live another day in our lives without a live action yu yu haka show i am dying dying to hear what you thought about it i've talked about it a little bit it's your turn my friend what'd you think of Netflix's live action Yu Yu Hakusho. Well, the fact that it wasn't on our worst list, yeah. that's a win for me. Big that's time. a win. Big huge. Time. So no matter what, win. Yeah. Um this I think this needed to be at least eight episodes like One Piece. Would hundred percent agree. I, I five is way too short. We we needed more. They crammed so much into this five episodes. Like you said, it was like one, two, three storylines. They took this, they took this, they took this, and they threw it together. We got um, we, we got Karasu. Yeah. We got things we didn't get until the tournament or the black uh, chapter black. It was wild. Wild ride. I mean, yeah, they, they, they skipped over our favorite arc of the whole show. Well, not okay, mine. Your your favorite arc is could possibly come in season two. They basically set it up perfectly for that. My favorite arc um, is chapter black, but my second favorite piece <laughs> of arc number one, I love the spirit detective arc. I don't yeah. care that, that much about the dark tournament. I don't think it a tournament arc lends itself to live action very well. But I love the Saint Beasts. So to get zero Saint Beasts was a little bit disappointing. Zero Saint Beasts. I, I, just to, that we didn't get any. I, I, I love the teams. I loved every sure. different personality. There's still I, time, I, I, though. They could take things like Jin and the Yo-Yo Kid. I can't remember his name. Um, and like yeah, the I, Gama. They, and all. They, could, they could make those characters in the season, just not from a tournament arc. They could just pull them into the story. <clears throat> you didn't expect to see Bui or Karasu inside of Sak uh, uh, Sakio's mansion, did you? But uh, there they well, were. Well, I, I, well, once they released that trailer, sure, they, we saw Bui literally. Then we knew. Then we knew. But so you can yeah, just the, get the, Jin as a part of the chapter chapter black or something like that, true, or like those the Ichigaki team. You could do it. Well, they could totally do a Doctor Ichigaki side story if they wanted. To. Yeah, yeah, they could, but. With each team in each battle, that's how they got stronger. That's how it got character development. That's how they this show they did not bonded. Care about character development, Sam. 
I feel you, but they did I not love the I, battles. I, I, I wanted to see Yusuke get his ass kicked a little bit more to, but I guess they showed it enough. You know, the Genkai training spear well, wave. Okay, kinda. I mean, they literally said training day fourteen. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, what? He's yeah, already standing they, on his finger. They, it was rushed as shit. Yeah, I was waiting for him, like when he got the wave to like suffer, and he's like, "No, nah, I'm cool. I got it." I was he, like, oh, he, "His arm like, when he did the bla- the dragon of the darkness flame, he was like." I'm good. I'm like, wait a minute. In the show, he literally can't use his freaking arm. <laughs> like, what well, is going on? They, I mean, they showed they you, tried. like, yeah, his arm got black. A and, like, bit the, of, oh, oh, yeah, Karama says your arm's useless. Okay. Yeah. But I would say one, like, I I knew we were in for uh, at least a good ride. Once once they shown when Yusuke got hit by that van and how <laughs> violent hell that was, I was like, oh, shit. I was like, okay, okay. Like, you got my attention. I felt like the stunt double actually got run over. Like yeah. it was that. I was convincing. like, oh, he did. Yeah, it was he really, did. really convincing. <laughs> they did not spare any punches when it came to use case death scene. Because in the show, he jumps in front of a car, not a truck, uh, to save the kid. And then they kind of slow-mo it, but they don't show it. They just, it's very much implied, obviously. But this. Yeah. You, oh, you see everything. You see everything. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and like we mentioned earlier, the surprise was Kubar, yeah. the actor Shuhue Usugi. He, I I apologize for the trailer. For me and Greg, take our apology because you surprised us both that you're better than Hiei. I liked Kurama a little bit better than I thought. Was not Johnny Youngbosh. It, 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 it I still, it sounds like even, dude, every time I heard it, I just heard Johnny Next Yongbosh. time you every watch time it, tell it. yourself it's not. And it'll even it'll. I I just you can talk yourself out of it just as easily as you can. I I I heard the English. Yeah, I need to see the voice cast. I just need to then then I'm good. Yeah, he would have announced it by now. I promise you. The the actor who played Yusuke, like you said, he was he was fantastic. Even the lady who played Genkai, I liked. Yep, I thought Botan was good. I thought Keiko was really good too. I thought the whole Keiko dude, everyone was better than expected. Um, even when they showed the, the couple quick flashbacks of when Genkai was younger, I was like, perfect. That's all I needed was that little flashback. And you hit me with it. Perfect. I ain't going to lie. What, I think one of my favorites was on 100% Tagoro. See, I I was – I'm really – I was super curious. We didn't talk about this. I was mm-hmm. so curious into your thoughts of the CG. Um, I don't think it was practical. I it. I, when, when he came out of that – little hole in the wall and the smoke oh i was like it took me a second i was like that looks like shit and then i think the more i thought about what he looked like in the anime i was like well wait a minute he looks like shit in the anime yeah like it wasn't i think it was the neck the way they connected his face to his neck i thought was a little weird i thought the body looked great i think the neck could have maybe used some work but at the end of the day for a live action Buffed up to Goro, I don't think I could really complain too much. I thought it was no. really, it was really solid. Go back and look at his neck in the anime. Oh, it's, it's fucked. still wild as shit. Yeah, but I one moment I I teared up. One moment was when it was right in the first episode when um, I, know, I know what you're gonna say. I hope I do. When, when Keiko was in the fire, when he first oh. uses his powers and he holds, holds up, up that beam, my eyes just watered up. I did not. I that's not like, when I felt something. I felt something when I don't remember the kid who was getting bullied. When right before the um, oh yeah yeah he Go says bar. he says I don't deserve this yeah yep. and then and the he's turning into thing a goes monster. into it yep. and I was like damn dude that's crazy uh, that that hit so, hard. 
But it, it was cool that we, we at least had two different moments where at least me and my eyes watered up again. You know, I'm thinking of all the the, the anime when he's running in Keiko yeah. and that, that whole thing. I the anime like I'm watching the live action and the anime's playing in my head. And yeah, they skipped a lot of my favorite parts, but what they showed, what they stuffed in this five episodes. I mean, I I know Yu Yu Hakusho doesn't have the the love and attention that One Piece has. I get it, but honestly, whether you're I mean, obviously, if you if, if you watch the anime, I think you're going to like this show more than if you didn't. But I think you can still go into the show, watch it blind. They hit you with the recap to kind of speed you up so you kind of know everyone's name if you kind of missed it. Catches you up pretty fast. Five episodes, you're kind of in and out fast. We grew up with this anime. This is one of our favorite animes. I, I It's not like a, a, a grand slam, they not, but it was successful. It was, it was enjoyable. I'm going to watch it again. In, in Japanese, um, this is something I probably I could see myself definitely going back and watching. This ain't a one and done for me. So to me, Netflix, you're as of now you're two for two for me. One piece in Yu Hakusho, you redeemed yourself from, um, uh, uh Cowboy Bebop, the, the freaking book, Cowboy Bebop, and a Death Note, Death Note movie. Yeah, with so uh, you're even going. now. We're we're, we're two. We're, we're what? We're two for four. So I have more <laughs> and, faith. And Avatar now. looks promising. Avatar looks good. Avatar looks good. Yeah. So honestly, I, I I heard some people say it was shit. It was garbage. But I, if I want one guy on YouTube, Rom Style, who likes Yu Hawk Show as much as we did, he thought that the live action was trash. I I just respectfully disagree. I thought it was good. What we got? Yeah, you skipped a lot. But what were we in five episodes? There was no way we were going to get everything we wanted. Yep. Here's where I land. I think with what they had, they nailed. I'm not going to say just like The Last of Us. The Last of Us was still rushed. The Last of Us had two episodes that had nothing to do with the plot. They told a 15-hour game in seven episodes because episodes three and seven had nothing to do with the main storyline. But that doesn't take away what those seven episodes accomplished. It's not Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey's fault they only got seven episodes to do it, nine in total. Just like it's not these folks' fault that they only got five episodes. They did what they could with what they had. And I'm taking it for what it was. Yes, they cut out the St. Beast. Yes, they cut out the tournament at Genkai's with the 99. So I can't remember what his name was. They cut him out. They did a lot. They shoved a lot of the tournament people into this. Like, yeah. But at the same time, the fight choreography was absolutely incredible. The movement of the kid who got possessed by the first roundworm monster was awesome. He looked like a possessed zombie the way he just kind of contorted himself. The uh, like I believed in the effects. Nothing looked fake outside of a couple of times. The Elder Tagoro, you could tell it was very CGI, but like even the changes they made with Yukina um we're fine and with what they gave us in five episodes i can't really complain what else would i expect in five episodes they told a story that had an ending they teased more in the mid credit scene and it wasn't shit how am i supposed to like hate on that i think they just did a very very admirable job for what they had netflix decided the budget netflix decided the episode count not the actors not the the writers they wrote five episodes they wrote what they could. Yes, it was rushed. No, it's not perfect. Yes, there are plenty of things we'd probably do differently or change. But what we got, I really can't complain. And in one week, 32 million views, like 32 million viewers. 
that oh it's not that much it breathes new life into the anime it breathes new life <clears throat> into the franchise and i would oh, imagine yeah. in the next two months we will be seeing yu yu hawk show has been renewed for season two I, dude if we don't get a second season i'm gonna i i want more yeah. i definitely want more i think they will go into chapter black again i don't think a tournament arc as much as it does build the 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 team and the character development and all of that and it gives you those really cool other characters and stories and teams to watch fight after fight after fight in live action when you know at the end of the day they're at least going to make the finals it almost just doesn't i, I still work <laughs> for a live action i wouldn't be shocked if the the fucking second season starts on that beach at that mid credit scene you see what you see with the the, the thing but just like in the anime when um not sakio sensui shows up we'll see it and that'll be the first scene and they'll kind of go into chapter black it just wouldn't shock me i mean chapter black is arguably hey i might be wrong the greatest anime arc of all time hey i'm probably wrong but it's my favorite anime arc of all time second initial d third pokemon season one fourth Whatever you want, man. You're a good anime guy. I'm not. Uh, but yeah, I loved it. I thought it was really, really fun. And it made my yep. top 10. Simple as that. Uh, anything else about you, Hakusho, before we move on? Yeah, just go go rewatch the anime. It's fantastic. And if you got Netflix, check it out. It's five episodes. Yo, uh, don't watch the anime if you have Hulu. Because I thought the whole thing was on. They took the second and or the third and fourth arc off Hulu. Uh, Only uh, seasons one and two. Which, by the way... <clears throat> does not cover the entire tournament or oh man yeah oh you so, can find them online That's i didn't realize it so i'm watching on hulu and i get to the end of that second season and i'm halfway through the tournament or like two-thirds of the way through the tournament <coughs> and i'm like sweet here comes season three and it's not on there and i'm like oh he my said, god i had to pull out the dvd i had to pull out the blu-ray yeah and then i realized i don't have a blu-ray player upstairs only in my basement um, I'm reading this next story word for word how I wrote it because I'm uh, I'm a man and I do as I please. Degrassi, yep, is getting a three-hour documentary made about its entire 40-year history, and I don't give a shit. This is the best story of the month. Fuck it. Uh, that is exactly for what you. I wrote in our show. Right <laughs> um, hey, I'm happy for you, bro. The podcast knows you're a, a diehard of Degrassi. Yeah, I don't know what network it'll come to. I know nothing. HBO, I'm sorry, just Max. <clears throat> Max is the home for Degrassi, the next generation currently in the States. Uh, and Degrassi had a 2023 reboot planned for Max, but they canceled it. So I don't know if Max will be the home for this documentary in the States or if it would be exclusive to Canada. There is nothing about where it will air here in, in America. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to see it at least right away, but I have faith and I'm so psyched on it. Here are two stories rolled into one and they're both handmade for Sam. Again, another show that we're just psyched didn't make our worst list. Twisted Metal um, has been renewed for season two and so has Blue-Eyed Samurai. And obviously huge for Twisted Metal the way it ended. We're, hopefully we get the tournament next because they tease some characters. So peacock don't sleep on it i i wasn't expected to be that good like you said it was on the worst list we win and blue-eyed samurai thank god because season one was fantastic bring on season two i don't have peacock anymore so i'm a gonna miss the exclusive nfl games this weekend b uh, i can't watch twisted metal anymore that's what happens when you switch away from a certain company 
and leave yeah, them behind. Do it. Yeah, and leave them that'll behind. Do it. Uncle Fester is getting a spinoff in the Wednesday universe at Netflix. All right, just another freaking universe that they're trying to create. It's no like, okay. That By the way, they much. said more plan too, not just Uncle Fester. Right. You like I mean, Wednesday I'm, though, yeah? I, I, I did like it because I then it was the creators of Smallville. Well, they were the creators of the show, so no doubt I would like it. But maybe not a universe that needs spinoffs? Yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, does everything need a fucking universe? I mean, now listen, of the two of us, you are the one, and I love you, but you are the one who usually says, well, it made money, so it's going to get a sequel. That tends to be your through line. If it's like, yeah, but Uncle Fester, money I mean, equals barely sequel. even in the first season. But like, that's what they're going to explore, one would imagine. Eh, and because Wednesday I mean, is a hit for them, listen, eh, we're, we're about it. to get inundated with Stranger Things spinoffs to the point where we're going to fucking hate that franchise in 10 years. Yeah, I know. It's gonna, we're going to be so over it. So yeah, I'm already over it. Right, exactly. And season five is in for another year. So, like, be, uh, be ready for the Wednesday averse, which you know is going to be what it's named by the fans. That's just fucking. Yeah. Funny. But at the end of the day, I guess it could be worse. We could be getting shit we don't care about, like another Gilmore Girls renewal. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, true, true. I guess yeah. we'll take it. And and as somebody who's never seen Wednesday, you know me enough, right? You know my style. Is that something I should be watching? And honestly, I, I I honestly could see you and Ashley liking that show. Really? Honestly. Now, is it like let me wait till Halloween of next year, or I could probably watch it in February and it'll be fine? Well, I mean, you might as well wait because season two is not going to come out for a while. So I would say wait for Halloween. You'll like it more. Cool. Now let me take it over in gaming and let's start. Let's get the recap of the Game Awards. Yeah, and I had mentioned it before the show. I'm not going to go super deep in every announcement. I'm surely not running down all the things. Listen, <laughs> no. there was trailer after trailer after trailer. Um, my thing that I Some want- may be good, some may be shit. <laughs> what I want to talk about mostly is just the way the show is handled. And I'm not the only one who has this opinion. It's not probably yeah. going to be the first time you heard it. But I just thought the 10th year anniversary of the Game Awards, which, by the way, we only have two award shows less than them. Fuck it. We win. We're cooler. Uh, is was, was the strangest iteration of the Game Awards ever. Yes. Christopher Judge had an eight minute speech last year. Yes. You let a fucking random kid up on stage for the game of the year who then said Bill Clinton rabbi bullshit. Um, and he had his 10 seconds of fame. So this year you decided to limit each winner to 30 seconds. You decided to completely ignore all the layoffs that were happening in gaming when you're supposed to be a big advocate. You limited to two people up on stage, accepting an award per team. That might be my biggest gripe. The 30 seconds thing I can understand from a pacing perspective, maybe give the bigger ones two minutes, maybe like game of the year because a minute, right? At least they were the game of the year for Baldur's gate. They were thanking people that passed away and all you saw was please wrap it up on the thing. And it was very distracting and very, very disrespectful. So maybe the bigger awards next year, Jeff, give them at least one minute uh, to give their speech. But to me, the thing that pissed me off was the two person maximum. Like, dude, you are the one that let that kid up there. Yeah, that's on you. So what do you do to course correct? You only let two people in. Guess what? Game studios are more than two fucking people. All right. These are teams army, right? These are teams of people. I'm not suggesting you get the entire 100 fucking person studio up there or whatever, but 
Games are made by people for four years, five years before they're even shown off or announced. This isn't like a movie that like gets greenlit. Most games are kept under rock, like lock and key until they're ready for a first trailer until they, unless they get leaked or something. Yeah. So these people have waited years and years and years and years and years, and you're going to give them 30 seconds and only two of them. That means the director and what the head of the studio. What about the art director? What about one of the actors? What about this? What about that? To limit the amount of people to two, which is just a weird generic number anyway, that was my biggest gripe of like, let's do what you say, Jeff, and celebrate these people that make these games. It felt like less of a celebration for games and more of a let's get to the next trailer or the next ad or the next commercial so we can pump people with more like dopamine. And I, I just felt like it was less of an award show, which is fine. I don't love award shows, but like. If it's going to be the game awards, maybe don't make it 10% game awards and 90% trailers. Maybe do two shows where you do awards one night and your winter E3 or your winter game fest. You do summer game fest. Why don't you do winter game fest? And then you separate it and you give the people who do the awards part their actual time in the sun to be celebrated for their years of secrecy. Ding, ding, ding. That's where I'm at. It's not hard, Jeff. So... Uh, of the things that were announced, the two things that stuck out for the, the brand new trailers were God of War Ragnarok got DLC. Uh, out of nowhere. Holy shit. And it's available now uh, for free, by the way. Thank you, Santa Monica Studios. Uh, it's a roguelite Valhalla, it's called. It's a roguelite mode. Heavy, 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 heavy combat, obviously, with most roguelites. Uh, I played it. Wow. It's good. It's really, 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 really good. It's exactly what you, Sam. So, what, so I can just turn it on and just turn play it, it on, download the update, go play it, right? And so, for you, you personally, I know you probably won't be a roguelite. You're not a roguelite person generally. However, with a God of War coat of paint, I think it's perfect for you and how you like to play that game. I would recommend it for you personally. Very, I'm, I'm, I'm going to. I just haven't had it. Haven't had a chance. Yeah, yet, yeah. But I will. I definitely recommend it. It would probably be your number two game of the year. <laughs> and it's a piece of DLC. Oh, yeah, it's It'll probably be better than Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the one massive surprise. And they did that one of the first two or three announcements of the entire show. So it definitely kicked the show off in a really great light. But the thing that got me the most amped all night, because yet another year without Bioshock 4, um, was Sega. Sega came through and... One of the worst kept secrets ever, but I, for some reason, didn't see it coming. They announced five games in one and more. Two people in a room talking, this, that, and the other. And all of a sudden, all these cool Sega things start to get sucked up into this universe. They are remaking Shinobi, Streets of Rage. uh, Shinobi, Streets of Rage, Crazy Taxi, um, Jet Set Radio, and Golden Axe. And then at the bottom, it said, and more. So... There was also in their like quarterly earnings or annual earnings, they had like three or four more franchises listed. Kid Chameleon and some other things. Sega's going all in to remaster or remake their classic franchises on top of this big super game we keep hearing about, which I think is just going to be their attempt at Fortnite. But like, my God, we're getting, I think it's called Streets of Rage Revolution or something like that. That that was leaked out. But like, wait. Crazy Taxi's coming back? Wait. Yeah, I know. That's out of nowhere. And Streets of Rage and Shinobi. And like, whoa. So Sega killing it right now. Um, So really, really happy with those big announcements. But at the same time, the show, I had some questions. 
I mean, that's just a shame what they did to creators. I did hear about the 30-second thing. Like, that sucks. So hopefully they, they learn from it, and next year it's a better show. Yep. An epilogue to Scarlet and Violet is coming for free on January 11th. Wild. I never thought we'd get, like, an extra little tidbit of Pokemon for free that's just a story update. Um, maybe I should have guessed it because Arceus gave it to us for free with daybreak, but that was more of an event that just never ended. This is an actual story epilogue that the, the caveat is you have to have beat both DLC packs. Um, so you will kind of actually have to pay for it, unfortunately, but, but this part's free. Like you don't have to pay extra, I guess. Um, but if you beat the main story of Scarlet and Violet, plus a post game thing, and then both of the main stories to the DLCs, which I did, you get an epilogue where the characters from the main game join you in the DLC land for a oh. for a story. It'll last just about an hour to an hour and a half, and then we're getting a new Pokemon um, that was teased at the very end. Unfortunately, it was data mined. I won't spoil it, what it is. If you're a f- if you hate Pokemon of, of the food variety, it won't be for you. Uh, we'll just say I'm that. Out. <laughs> we'll just say that. Um, if you live in the state of Georgia, you'll probably like it. There's another tease for you. Uh, but you know what? 90 more minutes of story for free. Uh, I'm down because this second DLC revived my enjoyment for Scarlet and Violet. Hell, it saved it. Um, so, yeah, I'll take another 90 minutes of free Pokemon. I'm only up to 260 hours of Scarlet and Violet. So, you know, I, I need a little bit more time in that game. God bless you, buddy. I like the shiny hunt. Most of it's shiny hunting. (laughs) No shit. See, next up we have Naughty Dog has canceled the Last of Us online multiplayer game. Yeah, we saw this one coming. This who who wanted this? Yeah, we we. I mean, go work on Uncharted Six. Factions. I'm telling you, Bend is working on that. Um, Factions or Bend was. I don't know who is now, but Factions was incredible in the Last of Us One. For whatever reason, The Last of Us Part Two didn't have a multiplayer component. My guess is they did, and then they blew it up to this thing. And like this thing was birthed from that. But like you charged us $60 for The Last of Us Part Two. It had no multiplayer. It still doesn't. Part Two Remastered still doesn't. Why can't you take the guts of this and tack it on there and give us a little bit more value? Even if you're going to do a, a charge full price game, I'd happily pay the 70 for The Last of Us Part Two if it included multiplayer. I mean, Maybe not me personally, because I don't give a shit about multiplayer, but you get my point. I don't think I'd get it. A lot of people would, because it finally has the multiplayer stuff. But like Bungie came in, Bungie said there's problems, and then they laid off people, and now Sony is fucking Bungie over, which was not shocking, and then Jim Ryan leaves, then Sony course corrects on the live action, or the games like a service thing, then The Last of Us says, we lay off 30 people, and this mm-hmm. thing's in development hell. And now it's canceled. Oh, by the way, we have two single-player games in development. One of them is The Last of Us 3. One of them is a new IP. Uh, and the one thing they said was, we realized that if we wanted to see this game through, we would have to dedicate all of our resources to make ourselves a live service studio for years to come. Bro, it took you three years to realize that if you make a multiplayer game, you'd have to support it? What the fuck? Yeah, that uh, either that or they just didn't anticipate all the work and upkeep that it was going to take. Well, well, who could learn your that? lesson? It's a multiplayer game. Well, what are you doing, man? So yeah, money sunk down the drain. And what, the thing that pisses me off more, time. All the years you worked on this shit could have been on the new down IP. The drain. 
could have been on The Last of Us 3, and now we'll yep. probably have to wait four years still for that shit. Yeah, Uncharted 3, I don't expect to at least 2026. Uncharted maybe. 5? Or, 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 or Last, Last of Us 3, 3, 2026, and then... Yeah, the new IP, 2028, maybe. At least. <clears throat> Hopefully we get an Uncharted 5 before then, please. Um, Hopefully my PS5 still works. Yeah, right. Hopefully it's not on PS6. <laughs> Let's just say I that. Know, right? Hopefully it's not on PS6. Yeah. Hopefully we don't get The Last of Us Part 2 remastered again uh, on PS5. And then we got two more downers to end it in games. But I know, this sucks. <laughs> E3 is officially dead. Nothing much else to say as we saw this coming for a long time, but the ESA officially did come out and say, we are no longer going to run E3. So thanks for the memories. Thanks for yep. the memories. But you know what? We have Summer Game Fest. We have other yep. things. We have Nintendo Directs and State of Plays. They had shit. a good run, man. Yeah. They had a good run. We'll be fine. And the last downer we have in gaming, Insomniac Games has been hacked and an insane amount of data has been leaked. Over 1 million documents. Now, massive, I I, want to say this, massive, massive, massive spoiler warning. If you do not want to know a few potential games coming out on PlayStation over the next, we'll call it eight years, don't listen to this part. Skip ahead a few minutes. Uh, there, there is your warning. I've now given you plenty of time to hit the fast forward button. Um, we are not here to talk about all the sensitive information that was leaked. I feel fucking terrible for all the employees affected. I hate leakers. I hate hackers. They wanted 50 Bitcoin, $2 million for ransom. They didn't get it paid and they leaked the shit. And it's like, you're fucking with people's livelihoods. You assholes. With that being said, the piece I do want to talk about are the potential games we will be seeing. There's a ton of footage from the Wolverine game out. We now know Spider-Man 3 is going to be real. We pretty much saw that one coming. 2029 looked like we were going to get a Ratchet and Clank game, which could potentially be PlayStation 6. Um, A Venom game, by the way, is on the docket. And something that, besides a new IP also in the 2030s, something else uh, that's very, very cool, we'll say, but I have questions. They signed an exclusivity to work on X-Men games. One of them being a potential online multiplayer Avengers style. Uh, yeah, which which has bad news written all over it. I can see them doing that with Spider-Man too, is like making like Grand Theft Auto yeah. online for Spider-Man. I'm petrified for that world. But <sighs> Sam, when I say to you, we got Venom, we got Wolverine, we got Spidey 3, we got a potential X-Men game universe. Does that excite you at all? Or because it's eight years, all of this, like how, how excited could you possibly get for something like this? Number one, it's so far out of reach. Like, like, dude, it's five years. Like, I don't even know what I'm going to do next week. (laughs) Like I got it. Number one, the Wolverine game has got to be good. Yeah, but it's not. That's bad. They're done. We now know though, that's, that's looking like a 2026 release. We saw that game in 2021. Which is nuts, dude. And I get it. Games take three to six years. I get it. Yeah. So is that is Wolverine, is that a PS6 game? Or is that going to be the tail end of PS5? 2026, I would I would have to imagine we're still in PS5 territory. All right, then that's, that's the tail end of PS5 games then. Yeah, which would probably make it a pretty damn impressive game because I mean, the God PS5 forbid, Pro will be out by then with ray tracing and all of that, like extra ray I mean, tracing and DLSS. But <clears throat> God forbid they're working on Resistance 4. God forbid something good leaks. Yo, did you see... Uh, 
the uh, the new IP or, or whatever, one of the titles was leaked. It was called RCE, and everyone rushed and said, oh, my God, Resistance Collector's Edition. And I was like, oh, no, it's not. They, uh, it's not. But, but, but if they did if they did PS5, it. day one pre-order. 100 bucks, I'd pay. Day one. I'd pay 100. I'd pay 80. Damn! <laughs> I pay. All right, I'll pay seventy. I I ain't gonna go crazy. I but. would I would pay out the wazoo for a resistance one through three and the okay. PSP or Vita, whichever. I would love that one tacked on too. But and my resistance two got a nine eight at Wada. So oh, there you go. Um, but anyway, yeah, big 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 story there, and and so sorry Shame. to all the folks that Shame. were personally affected. Um, hey, if you ever want to talk about it, we have a podcast. You can come on. But anyway, uh, the last story we have in movies tonight. It's the only story. Jonathan Majors is out. The MCU is thrown on its head. He was accused and found guilty. Uh, we won't get into that side of things because, again, personal, very, very human element yeah, do to your that. Own research. Yeah, do right. Do your research. Um, but what that means for the MCU, the Hollywood Reporter is reporting because uh, that's what they do. That early indications are that they're leaning towards a new big bad for the uh for the mcu yeah. and not a recast of kang so i'm thinking it's either i do have a recast real quick before i so mar i did see this online so it's not my original thought but marvel has an interest they could do something funny here they could cast terrence howard <laughs> as kang they bring him back as roadie from iron man and then but that I, I just thought that was funny i like that but two i could see them Galactus or Doctor Doom? Right, and that's pretty much then, the only two then, options. And then the, the Kang Five, cross is, that out. Yep, it's that now just be, Avengers Five. That should be Avengers Secret War Part One, mm. and have Part Two come out the following year. That's that's what you need to do. That, and then instead of jumping in all Avengers, focus on the X Men. Give them in the once you got to get a handle on them. Then reintroduce the the uh, the or Avengers. Then you bring everybody in, and then you can maybe have a jumbo movie with everybody. Where does the Fantastic Four fit into that? Because we know that movie is still Somewhere. Kind of coming. That's probably twenty twenty six, I would imagine. So, but like, isn't Four. Doom more of a big bad in yeah. that world? So, yep. like, is that where you? Because, like, I would imagine Secret Wars is twenty. I'm sorry, Avengers five is twenty twenty five. So, if that comes out first, maybe that's the soft launch of him. But you would think because he's the big bad of an Avengers movie that he doesn't need a soft launch. Like I would almost look at the Fantastic Four as the soft launch for Doom, and then he continues in Avengers. So I would think Fantastic Four comes out before the Avengers. I thought Either, that we had a timeline yeah. with that already. But if you're gonna do Doom, I would really rethink the structure of your movie time and make Fantastic Four the first one, introduce Doom there, uh, and then now he's the big bad for Avengers five and six in twenty twenty. Either or whatever. either that, or they bring back Red Skull, or they God, come no. up with Galactus. And they go, dude, they could because Galactus has to be the when the MCU gets to its third big bad and hopefully final. That's Galactus. Like he's got to be the biggest bad of them all. He's a fucking planet eater. You would think. Sake. You would think. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's Endgame, but it it just sucks that just how everything happened, and you know, even though the movie Ant Man was on my number two of worst list of the year, so I'll be honest it, with it, you. Go ahead. All what they have right now for for them, they have even though it's Fox, they have Deadpool three, yep. which is going to then introduce X Men. The X Men is going to save them. That's going to bail Disney out. That's because right now their Avengers shit it's tanking. Mm -hmm. They have their shows have been lacking. 
Um, the only one I'm, I'm gonna be excited for right now, TV shows. I um, what if just dropping uh, today, Friday, tomorrow? Yeah. I'm I, I cancel my Disney Plus. So the only thing I even care about right now is Daredevil. So until that happens, I don't give a shit. Which you're still. I mean, that got rebooted. So your years, you're probably two, yeah. That's a year another year. Half, at least away, another yeah. year. Yeah. At least. So it's I, like I'm just, just give me Deadpool. I okay. will say though, if they do go the route of not a recast of a new villain of a new big bad Kang was a part of the, I hated Loki. Loki was kind of the thing yep. that kind of drove me to the MCU fatigue. Cause I loved WandaVision. Um, I liked yep, Falcon for a second, but long story short, everybody who listens to this, at least for a while, knows that Loki was kind of my jumping off point. And a lot yep. of that was because of, I didn't care about Kang. I didn't care about he who remains. Yeah, sure. He was really good. I didn't do it for me. If you introduce me to a new big bad that is actually menacing and that is actually imposing and is actually a character I fucking know, uh, I'm kind of back. Like I could see a world where phase four was just the the season two of Dave or the, you know, the really weird yeah. season two. And now we're kind of back on track and they learn some lessons. Maybe don't put all this shit into bad Disney plus shows or maybe stick to the theaters. Um, get some actors we actually give a shit about and, and really tell a good story here because the fantastic four has some, some great potential. I always love that universe X-Men. Obviously it's never been my cup of tea, but I've always kind of wanted it to be. So I'm wide open to that. Uh, keep your Spider-Man shit rolling. Um, and, and I think they have a chance to get me back. If they go doom once Galactus is back, baby doll, I'm back. I'm back too. Um, I'll catch up on everything. I'll binge the shit out of phase five, six, seven, and eight until I get me some Galactus. But oh, good luck. If they go doom, I'm I'm kind of back. I think that you'll see a different side of me in 2020. Whatever the fuck. Um, I mean, doom's like the biggest baddie they got. Yeah, so. yeah. So let's do this. Uh, the episode is over, but I do want to read Mike Cassini again. Thank you so much for literally helping Love keep you, the Mike. lights on. I want to read his tops of the year. He deserves it. He gave us his games, his TV, his movies, and his comic book series or original graphic novels. Uh, so four mm -hmm. different categories. Top three for each games. <clears throat> his number three, Super Mario Wonder. His nice. number two, Spider-Man 2. His number one, the Dead Space remake. All, hey. all of which made my top ten. TV. You're going to love this one. It's a combination of Sam and Greg. Uh, TV, number three, Shrinking. Number two, Blue Eye Samurai. Fantastic. Number one, The Last of Us. Oh, number <laughs> one. Okay, but dude, but Mike, right? Blue Eye Samurai. It's like, it's fantastic. I think guys. Greg might watch it when he's editing tonight. For real. Uh, movies, number three, Tetris. Number two, Killers of the Flower Moon. Shocked that on none of our wow. lists. I the haven't three, seen it. Yet. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. So I would imagine, like the Iron it. Claw, it's got an opportunity yeah. once I see it, and it's three and a half hours. I mean, it's more in Scorsese. I, 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 you know, we know how many three-hour movies can you watch in six months? <laughs> Yo, know, it's like I did Oppenheimer. Give me a break. well. His number one is Oppenheimer. <laughs> He's got it's nine fantastic. hours of movies in his top three, dude. But imagine a movie that just dialogue, dialogue, and just movie of the year. <laughs> Love it. And finally, comic book series or original graphic novels. Number three, Daredevil by Trip Chip Zdarsky. Uh, yep, Chip. Number two, Public nice. Domain. And number one, Do Perfect a Powerbomb. Oh, do okay. I, I almost picked it up just because it was a, a cool cover and just the name Do a Powerbomb. What? So <laughs> nice, Mike. Yeah. Nice. So that's our list, and that is our episode, our eighth annual Wee Pot Awards, our longest episode in uh, 
of long a time. year. Um, long time. Yeah, we've been limited to two hours for a while, and, and we won't have crazy restrictions like that moving forward. But thank you so much to everybody for hanging out for our We Pod Awards and the rest of the episode. It's always a pleasure, Sam. Good to talk to you again. And everybody, thanks for everything. We will see you in January 2024. Have a good one, everyone. Merry Christmas, everyone. We love you. Have a safe and happy new year.